Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724-447-444. Call ID... Hey, what's up? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. It's Monday. It's February the 9th. And it's 2015. It is... Good to be here uh, on Monday night. Nothing better to, what would be better to do than chat about stuff on Monday night. And I notice like yeah, there's more people here because I guess... Football season is over, right? We got so Monday Night Football is eliminated from the Monday Night lineup, and that was my uh, only other real competitor, I guess, because I see now that my listenership has. Like tripled since last Monday. With that said, let's see who's in the chat. We'll read off the list here. Last time I had two, so now I got six. That's a tripling of listeners. We've got Cole Hobobo, Get Wrist, Happy Horseshit, Jimmy Boy, Tiny Man, and Wade 57. And I don't think that's all. Like, who else could be here? Cheesecake, chocolate, nutter, butter, crumple, rumple, cookie, poppy seed, kuro, nui, secret, wasabi, coffee bean, donut. Yeah. I'm not name robbing. It's just interesting. So there you go. What is the quote? What is the quote tonight? Everybody's wanting to know and waiting around. Ah. Uh, for the quote. I think a lot of people show up, they listen to the quote, they get their little bit of insight and wisdom from the quote, and they're just like, oh, okay, that's about all I can handle. They drop off right there, according to the stats, I think. Oh, 
Leo Strauss has allegedly said those who are fit to rule are those who realize there is no morality and there is only one natural right, the right of the superior to rule over the inferior. I don't agree with that, but uh, that's supposedly what Leo Strauss said. I don't know who he was, but uh, I guess he was a quotable figure because there's a quote out there on the internet, and that's what it says that he said. I guess we should believe that he said that and then uh, take it for whatever it's worth. I don't know. That is the mentality. And then if you doubt that, I mean, try to figure out what is the underpinning of this so-called right to rule by the so-called authority called the government. Try to figure that one out. I mean, let's try to be objective and then try to... um, you know, ask some probing questions about, you know, okay, what is, what is the underpinning of it? Like ask a, ask any kind of government bureaucrat or official and an attorney or a legal expert or constitutional lawyer, or, uh, you know, a, 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 an authoritarian status individual person. Like what is the, what is, what is all this based on? Like what, are, you know, I've asked the, attorneys uh i think i have that call posted i think it's the one where i'm talking to the highway patrol or i might have been one after that i I can't remember for sure if i uploaded or not but yeah it basically went like this i just asked you know like we're we're supposed to be under this constitution thing that you hear so much about that that uh everybody seems very concerned about it and everything and like, well, you know, what, you know, how is it that I, you know, how does it apply to me or, well, I mean, anybody in general, if, you know, like I didn't sign off on it and uh, it's supposed to be a quote unquote social contract, but you know, I didn't sign it. I don't know anybody who signed it. I didn't sign it. Uh, Yeah. I don't like, what is it? What is it? What is that based on? Just, because it's there in a glass case in Washington DC and you can go view it and that's proof that it exists. And then that's, and that's what we go off of to, uh, you know, allow these people that identify themselves as government to have dominion over us and make decisions for us. And we supposedly elect these people and then they, uh, appoint bureaucrats or they end up, you know, people get hired to work at all these different offices and then you go in there and you like give them money and they give you like a little stamps or little stickers that show that you have the approved, uh, you've, you've paid your slave portion and that you're permitted to do such and such activity, whether it be fishing or driving down the road or I think it's getting to the point now where, and I call it you're, you're going outside pass. That's your, that's your identification, like your state-issued identification. That uh, People are under the impression that, like, if, uh, you know, a so-called officer of the law, he, 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 he approaches you, he's like, uh, he's, you know, citizen, what are you doing? Uh, where are you going? Uh, what is your business? What is, you know, and then uh, do you have, you, uh, can I see your ID? 
And then when a cop asks you a question, it's like it's there's all this ambiguity there. It's like, okay, is this a question or is this a direct order? Because there's a lot of ambiguity there. Because it'll be they'll be framing it the same way. See, we live in like a a, a polite uh, sort of system where, but you know, nevertheless, it's still firmly based on the implied or direct or uh, perceived threat of force and that's where the whole gun on the hip and the taser on the hip and the handcuffs on the hip and the, all that and the, and the baton and the uh, what do they call those things like a little collapsible uh, whooping stick that they beat the fire out of you if you step out of line and all that stuff so it's like oh yeah it's not there for you know just garnishments you know it's 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 you know the 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 implied threat is definitely you know there's it has some uh underpinnings to it that aren't just purely ceremonial you get a ceremonial ass whipping you know it's like uh if you're not careful but what is it what you know what is it based on other than the threat of force well it's not really based on anything you know uh There's, uh, I guess, a perception there that it's that it is it has like a, a basis in something, but you know, it really has no basis in anything other than just a simple, uh, you know, threat of force that's dressed up in a fancy costume and has uh, uh, public relations. Uh, sort of slick veneer on it and it's kind of you know it's they did a mythbusters episode on like can you polish a turd and you sure as hell can polish a turd they proved it i mean they polished that turd just as if, if whatever i mean whatever the definition of polish was it sure was smooth and shiny and it's like why would anybody doubt that cuz we got polished turds polished turds abound in the system and that's what this that's what the that's what the system is based on it's, it's a it's a polished turd that's what the whole court and the whole everything the constitution the state and all that it's a big whopping polished turd it's you know at its you start poking around at it and start busting it apart and stuff poking it with a stick or whatever you get down kind of to the middle and it's like it's you get to the stuff that's not quite it hasn't had a chance to dry out and it's still kicking some stench out. That's, that's the core. The core is like, Oh yeah. It's, it's the gun in the room. The, the, you know, 600 pound ele pink elephant in the room or whatever that metaphor is. Uh, that's what it is, man. It's just nothing. It's just pure bullshit in the, in the center because it's not based on anything. It's not based on anything, you know, if, if you're going to ask them for, okay, what is your, yeah, you know, you're saying this, this, you know, uh, I'm subject to these laws and then, you know, the constant that, you know, that's, that applies to me and all your, you know, you go into these big government buildings and they got the, they got this downtown. I used to work there when I was a kid, some, some program or something where you, you get, you get these uh, little slave jobs that you can work down there at the, I work down at the courthouse, cleaning up, polishing brass, uh, cleaning out 
the duct work and all this other bullshit and uh, sweeping and uh, and then I, you know, go into the law library and uh, this is not a very big town. So, but you know, there was, I remember it was a shit ton of books. It's like, wow, that's a lot of books. And all that applies to me, little old me, all those, all those laws are to make sure I don't fuck up. And they all govern my behavior and I'm subject to them. I don't know what, well, how did that end up coming about? Well, yeah, never, it's hard to figure that one out. Like, what is it, what is that based on other than like these fables that they'll tell you like in school or like happy horse shit in the chat's trying to tell me because he's concerned that I don't understand. He's like telling me that founding fathers signed the constitution for you. They did it on my behalf, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Can I, you know, let's say happy horse shit. Can I sign something for him? Like right here, I got this piece of paper for in front of me. I got like a lot of paper. I got pens. I got Sharpies. I got colored pencils. I got fucking, I got all this stuff, man. I could draw up some stuff. I'm a graphic artist. I can make it look, uh, I went to school for that and all that. Um, I can make it look bona fide, man. I could put a stamp on it. I'd do whatever. And I want to like sign something for happy horse shit in the chat. I want to like sign him up for, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I'll, I'll just sign him up for something. It, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I just get some, I'm just sitting around maybe bored. Uh, yeah. What a, Cause there, there's people like this. They, they sit around, they don't do much. They sit on their thumbs, but they, and you know, these are the people that end up being bureaucrats and government stuff. They don't know what to do with themselves. Like if they have a lot of free time, they're just kind of up, up shit Creek. Cause they don't know. It's like, they just get really bored and stuff, but you, what they will do is they'll give you advice on what you should do. You know, you, you've been around those people. Like they, they want to, you know, they see, uh, they see you and you're like, yeah, you're always busy doing something. So yeah, I, I, I got something for you to do too. Like, you know, when you get the, and they'll always say like, yeah, when you get time, can you do, you know, and these are people that sit around on their ass all the time, but like, say I, I was one of those people and like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I want to dr just draft up a document and then sign, uh, Oh, have a sign happy horseshit up with like, um, uh, aerobics classes or something yeah man you know I, I hope you don't mind dude i just signed you up for aerobics classes and they're on you know thursday night and he's like fuck that i got uh you know i gotta i gotta work thursday night and say hey no fuck it man you got a document right here i signed it and uh I, he's like, no, man, I can't do that. Like, I don't like, I already go to the gym. I already work. I already lift weights. I do that stuff. I don't want to do aerobics and it's kind of faggy and like, no, it's like, I said, man, you know, okay. I got this document here. It's stamped, it's sealed, it's signed. And when I did it, I was wearing a powdered wig. So you're, you're, you're out of luck, dude. You got to go to aerobics classes and everybody is just like cool with it. Yeah, man, like, you know, he's he's he, he's a graphic artist. He made it official looking, man, and there's not much you can do about it. It has a stamp on it. It's got an embossing and an engraving and uh, a stamp on the document. 
And then he he filmed himself signing it, and he he did have a powdered wig on. I mean, there's no way around any of this. So you're going to aerobics class, buddy. I don't care, man, whether you like it or not. And not only all of that, it's this document is on file down at the court of records. So uh, you better start shopping for leotards because you're you're in aerobics, and that's the end of it. And everybody just acquie- would have to acquiesce. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Chris. I mean, this is bona fide, dude. I mean, this is not – I mean, I took this to an expert. He examined it a, a photon electronic scanning microscope. And, yeah, I mean, there's no question that this is parchment paper. And, uh, well, we know parchment paper is uncontestable as far as making things bona fide and legit. And then, yeah, just, yeah, because, I mean, I'm just kind of piling on at this point, but you get the point, you know, it's like, there's no way around it. You got to do it because it's on parchment paper. I had a powdered wig. It's official. It's got a stamp on it. Um, Now, probably Happy Horseshit's going to just, like, blow it off. And rightfully so. Like, oh, yeah, maybe Chris is off his meds. He's something's wrong. He's this guy's got problems. And that, you know, everybody would probably agree, you know. I don't think there would be that many people saying, hey, yeah, you should really go to Robus class because that sure did look official. But, you know, yeah, that sounds insane and everything like that. But, yeah, that's what we're all doing right now. We're doing precisely that same thing. Only it's something that I guess got set up like uh, 200 years ago, as if that makes it more valid. 200 years of time goes by, and like like time is this magic elixir. That's how they they pimp evolution theory. It's, it's like, oh yeah, well yeah, you know, there's like absolutely no evidence. There's no transitional fossils or anything. It's like, uh, or you know, and there's no mechanism. Like, how does this happen? I mean, there's no. You know, we don't observe it happening today. I mean, we can't, you know, duplicate it in a, in a laboratory or anything. They 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 did it with fruit flies, and they they I think they're still. I think they finally gave up. I think they did it for like sixty years or something. It's, I mean, it's like repro- the the fruit fly lifespan is like eleven days, so that would be the equivalent of like millions of years of human evolution. But like, yeah, you know, as far as the number of generations, and then like they started with a fruit fly, they ended up with. You know, fruit flies. So they were like, oh, yeah, well. Um, so, like, yeah, it must take longer than we thought. So, yeah, so we just the magic elixir. We'll put a little magic elixir on it. And then we'll just say, oh, it just takes billions of years. And then, yeah, that's cool with everybody. Well, that's like the Constitution. That was 200 years ago. And that's like, that's that makes it bona fide. And then, like, um what it does, well, in reality, what that does, it puts it out of your, it puts it out of your day and time where you have no way to verify or dispute it or anything. It's un, what is they, what do they always say? It's like unfalsifiable. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know. We got oil paintings of the cons, the, the founding fathers. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that there's real oil paintings of the founding fathers. Yeah, why not? What does that mean, though? 
Means you gotta obey, Mr. Kendall. Uh, the the un, the profound wisdom of the founding fathers made it so. And that that was so. The wisdom of their words was so incredibly profound that uh, that we're still rolling off the momentum of, of the the weight and and the magnitude and the glory of their luscious, gracious speech to this day our founding fathers. And uh, that's right. Better obey. Like, what if you don't... I mean... uh, What if you don't believe in powdered wig men and all that stuff? Like, can you just say, like, yeah, you know, I would like to go to court, officer, and... uh, yeah, I talked to the judge about why I shouldn't, uh, you know, be driving around town without a seatbelt on and a 20 mile hour or whatever. You know, I'd like to, but, you know, I I just, you know, I respect your belief system, the powdered wig men and all that, but I, I, I don't want to do that. You go to your church, I'll, I'll, you know, not go to church or I'll go to whatever church. I'll, yeah, but you go ahead and do your thing. That's fine. But let's say, like, with Happy Horseshit, I was like, hey, man, you know what? I had a, a document written up and everything, and, you know, you choose to ignore it, and you don't want to, you don't think you need to go to aerobics classes. And let's say, like, I got a uh, Saturday night special at the pawn shop. It's like 30, whatever that is, 30, 38 caliber or something. And I just cock it and stick it in his face. Yeah, you're going to aerobics class, man. That would probably that would probably work with most people. Like, um, they would like at least, you know, pretend like they're getting ready to go and get you know maybe try to like run from you or something or you know, but they would they would start you know taking notice at that point. But uh. You know, uh, yeah, that sounds like an insane rantings, but no, nah, that's what we're doing. It's just this uh, appeal to appeals to tradition. Um, yeah, they were uh, like Damon saying in the chat. They were enlightened Freemasonic Christian aristocracy. Aristocrates. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's like, uh, and then we're, to, we're, we're told like, um, this is something that gets pummeled into your head, you know, separation of church and state and, uh, can't be having no mixing of the church and mixing of the state. And uh, you get people that are are just so super uptight about that. And then, like, they'll have this the dialectic going back and forth between, yeah, my child, you can't even wear a uh, cross around the neck at public school. They said that's religious in the mixed church of state. And then it's like, okay, so you're, you're trying to say that, uh, you know, you're sending your child to a secular humanist institution 
where they're going to teach them that, uh, you know, everything came out of nothing, you know, 4.5 billion years ago for no reason whatsoever. Um, that happened. And then, uh, then there was, uh, some rocks and rain fell on it. And then, you know, some molecules got kind of busted up and then they turned into, you know, over, you know, that we put the magic elixir of time on it and then they, you know, that makes it legit. So you accept that, you know, that, that we all came from a rock 4.5 billion years ago. And so, you know, there's no God, obviously, right. Based on that, if you, if you buy all that, um, it's so it's, you know, secular humanism. It, the, the reason why they preach that is because that's part of their religion, which is man is the ultimate authority. Uh, there's no reason to even pray to God. There ain't no reason to wear a cross to our institution. Your parents sent you here to listen to every damn thing we say and with rapt attention because you know that if you don't do this and follow this religion like we want you to, uh, you won't be able to make money or the Moni or the one eye or the one eye on the back of the pyramid. And so you do it and you listen and you and you regurgitate the absolute bull crap that we give to you because, you know, that's that's uh, what your parents want you to do. But your parents don't want us to do, you know, they don't want us to you know, pimp, you know, here's, here's a good, uh, analogy to that. It'd be like, okay, let's say a Scientologist, uh, you know, they got, they're going to send their, the Scientologist is sending like, uh, their child to go attend a Catholic mass on Sunday. And, uh, the Catholic people, they, uh, they're not really Scientologists. They don't like the whole Scientologist thing, but, you know, but, you know, they're, they're, they allow you to send their, you know, your child, even though you're a Scientologist, you get to send your child there because they're all, they're more than welcome to, you know, indoctrinate your child with Catholic stuff. But, you know, you insist on uh, interjecting your Scientology into the Catholic stuff. In other words, like you have your child bring like an e-meter you know, that little thing that checks your, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, clarions or something that's in your bloodstream that you got to, that the e-meter helps you eliminate out of your bloodstream. Clarions or claritoids or, uh, yeah, something like that. The Scientology, you know, religion. And, uh, no, we want, we want, I want, you know, my daughter to bring e-meters and then, you know, to help the other other children in there to like learn about how to get them clarions out of out of them and stuff and they'll be like no we can't be having none of that and then you just insist on it and everybody would think oh you're nuts scientology you're nuts why are you trying to change their religious belief well why are christians trying to change a secular human institution like the public school which is you know the authority comes out of the state which is a phony religious belief based on nothing uh, but they all acquiesce to it and then they want to like interject Christianity into it or any other kind of religion into this. Uh, it, it's a church too. That's what they don't get. It's like you're, you're sending your child to a church and you want to change the church doctrine. You don't, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, but you know, they don't see it as a church. It's like, oh, well, 
well, why do you send your child there? Well, I mean, it's what I want to do so they can be, you know, uh, educated by total strangers that uh, I've never met in my life. And, uh, yeah, I don't like what they're teaching my child, though. I know I could tell you that. Why are you even sending them there? You know? Why don't why not send them to um you know you could send them off to like a, a church that's not your uh like on Sunday, like you you guys go to Fellowship Baptist and then uh your your children, you got, you know, let's say three or four children and and then they go with uh you know, your neighbor and then then, then they attend um Episcopalian church. There's a lot of people that do that, right? No. People would think, oh, yeah, it's, uh, that, that's, that's, uh, that's nonsensical. Why would you ever do that? Well, why do you send them to secular humanist uh, statist public schools based on the statist religion of, you know, giveth, giveth, us thy tithe or we shoot us thee in the face religion and don't do this that or the other thing that we deem arbitrarily to be illegal religion like you know smoking weed or whatever type religion uh it's not a religion not a religion it's it's what would everybody do it'd be anarchy if we didn't have law and order so you can't have law and order without, you know, having it administered by a, a priesthood, like the priesthood of the. Uh, they say the judges are the priests of Saturnalia because they wear the black robes, and that's what that's based on. I don't know about all that stuff, but you know, it sounds sounds interesting. It's probably right. You know, what are they doing? Like, what is that get up? It's like this black kind of flowing gown. What other context did, did, would that make any sense other than court? Imagine wearing that like, oh, yeah, I watched the, yeah, one of our buddy's house and they had, you know, Super Bowl on and snacks and everything. Or did you, uh, yeah, I heard you were wearing a moo moo. Oh, yeah, I don't know, you know. Heard a moo moo, big fat guy. You know, it's like I mean, would get people would like kind of laugh and snicker. Probably it depends on how big you were. They might not say anything to your face, but I'm guarantee you would catch static for it. You're wearing like a moo moo, and there's like you know no explanation, no reason for it. Oh, is he tranny or what is what's going on with Bob? I don't know, man. He just shows up one day out of the blue with wearing a moo-moo just for no reason. Uh, oh, I know. He's a judge. Oh, he's a judge. Oh, well. I've, if I'd have known that, I would have bowed down and kissed him on his cankles. If I knew he's a judge. That's how insane we are. Uh, it, yeah. We're absolutely insane. Just face it, everybody. Uh, 
Damon said it's kidding season. So you're saying you got jokes, Damon? You got jokes, man? Oh, kid, like goats. Not jokes, goats. Yeah. So he's taking care of his goats. So he's going to have like baby goat. That's cool. Goat milk and I think Damon's got like quite a few goats on his ranch, like a mini ranch, which is cool. Getting goat milk and getting raw milk and getting some nutrition in you to fight the new world order is always a good thing. Uh, yeah. So I go on a tirade about authority. Uh, and this is just. Yeah, the listener sent me the Brian Williams lot caught lying. And uh so we got caught lying. Oh wow, really? A a news a news person lies? Wow. Um so we got caught like just cold busted, right? Um and there's there's something about this. See, this kind of this is like kind of how uh, so it's always kind of safe to never ever take anything. I don't care how damning it is to, or apparently damning it is to the system. Cause I think you like kind of look at this stuff for a while. You start to learn there's, there may be a whole nother layer to this stuff where we're, we're, we're dealing with like pretty sophisticated minds that, are in these think tanks that, uh, you know, they come up with this stuff, like uh, how to bamboozle an entire population of 300 million people and get them to believe and buy into and accept just utter just nonsense on a regular basis, like consistently. Uh, what is amazing about this particular incident is that Okay, so he gets called out on a, just a bold-faced lie. He said he was over in uh, Afghanistan or one of those places, and then he got he was in a helicopter, and then got it got shot by an RPG, shot at or shot or something like the helicopter actually got shot or it got shot at, and he was in it. And then later on, there was like people that were there and then they posted some stuff on Facebook. And I guess, you know, allegedly it got spread around and then like, oh, yeah, he's full of crap. Uh, he wasn't in the helicopter. He was in a different helicopter and then wasn't even kind of around the action. But he claimed that he was in the one that got hit and took down and all this other stuff. But anyway, I don't think that's the first time he got. He, he Well, he's he's got some. He's got some pretty tall tales sounding stuff, you know, and that that was one of them. But, you know, he got he got called out on it on the carpet about this. But. The article I read about it, maybe I should post this article into the into the chat in case anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about. So he apologizes 
And according to this article, he gets like busted out again, lying in his apology because he like as he's, I guess, trying to keep all his bullshit story straight. He ended up, you know, exposing himself again during his apology. One thing that was interesting about it is like his apology was like total just whack, man. I mean, it's like it doesn't even I mean, it's so totally uh just on its face. It's like, man, like what are you going Oh, you're going to go with that, really? He was like, "Yeah, well, you know, that was a long time ago and uh I was trying to make the troops feel good about themselves and total lie." And, uh, but you don't remember whether or not you got shot down in a helicopter. I know, like, my, uh, my brother was on, he's in the Air Force. He was in the Air Force. He was on, uh, the C 130s as a loadmaster, loading the, loading up the C 130s and all that. And he was in one of those, uh, uh, war zones. I don't think he did much. He he. I don't think he went a whole lot over into any kind of war zone or anything. He, he's he's went over there a couple of times, like unloading stuff. And uh, they have these flares that the C one thirty there is equipped with flares. And the reason why they're equipped with flares is like you know you see those shoulder shoulder rocket launchers that you know supposedly can take down a plane and all that. Well, that's for that stuff or ground-based missiles or something like that. So it shoots out that, um, I think it's like flares and they call it shaft. So it's like the stuff that's like burning and that, and that, and it shoots it out the side of the plane. You could probably look up a video of it, like shaft, C H A F F C one thirty, And there'll probably be a video of it showing it like, it's like, it's just like they lit up some Roman candles and, you know, big giant ones and stuck them out the back. So what that's supposed to do is full the heat seeking missile, so it goes towards that instead of the plane. And something happened when my brother was on the plane and like that system went off and it was making all kinds of racket. Basically he said he just about almost lost control of his bowels. Like it was so, cause you know, you think, okay, there's a missile coming and this is like, this thing going to work. Are we about to get blowed up or like right within a, a few seconds here? I mean, harrowing so i know that he is never gonna forget that that kind of stuff is like burnt into your brain i mean any kind of like i i, I remember a couple of times when i've come pretty close to dying and it was like i don't i remember exactly where i was and what was happening and my mindset at the time and how i was feeling and all of that stuff you don't forget that stuff and you don't like you don't think you remember being no nah. But it was just funny how, like, he, that is his, like, excuse. And then, like, just the idea that they would go with that is is really telling. It's like, oh, man, that's such bull crap, and you're going to go with that and put that out there. I mean, how, that that that's the old question, like, how stupid do you think I am? How stupid do you think the public is? And just, just. Just hearing that, it's like, man, they must really think every, everybody is just dumb. And if he's allowed to go back and continue being a news anchor and not get fired just, you know, for simple PR reasons, 
then that's going to say a lot as far as like how far gone the public probably unfortunately actually is to let that slide. But you know, another angle to that whole thing is that um, they're talking about, oh yeah, that was, he was, he was called out because people saw it on that. They saw it about, you know, his story and they, uh, well, they Twittered it and they tweeted it and they Twittered it and they put it on Facebook. And then, so that, 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 that was holding that right there, just being out on the Twitter sphere and all that, um, forced Brian Williams' hand and forced him to come out and, you know, yeah, you know, I'm full of crap and sorry about that, you know. But, hey, I don't know, man. This stuff is, I think this propaganda we're subject to is a whole nother ball game, man. This stuff is, if you think about that for a second, is, okay, is that something in this day and age? Because you hear this a lot. It's like, okay, if this was the case or that was the case, you know, in the age of uh, social media and all this, with everybody able to freely kind of speak back and forth and then stuff becomes memes and stuff gets out there into the Twitter sphere and all that, that you can't hide any secrets from the public anymore. And if, like, some one of these news people's lying, they're going to tweet about it and everybody's going to know about it. That is total bullshit. So this whole idea that now that the mass media is jumping on board this, this that's that's a red flag to me. This is this is a psychological operation because there, there's no legitimacy in the media, period. They are an arm of the, the powers that be, the government, whatever you want to call it. They are a direct extension of that. They are in, in, in no way whatsoever autonomous at all, any way, shape, or form. So if they're jumping, they're, if they're jumping on Brian Williams' back, dogpiling them, it's for a reason, and it's for a propagandistic purpose. They don't, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't uh, do that kind of thing unless it's for a purpose. And I think, and I, I really do think the purpose is to get to get this idea across that, uh, yeah, you know. Can't be lied to anymore because tweet, Twitter, or Twitter, can't, they can't get that over on us no more. This is a new day and age. We're democratizing everything. That's just bull crap. Golly, man, look at some of the videos that are out there that are so, like, profoundly hard-hitting about exposing the media. Does that stuff get promoted and pushed and viral and stuff like that? I think it potentially could if it wasn't so heavily, you know, suppressed because they, you know, that they tweak those numbers. Anybody that's had an upload of a video and stuff like that, they know that that stuff's gamed. Uh, Happy horse shit. I I had to reload the chat because it froze up, but I see one comment and and happy horse shit is asking, how about Brian Williams lied reporting at the 1993 World Trade Center bombing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But see, you know, so he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a paid professional liar. I mean, you know, a script reader and that whole war story thing, you know, he probably was given that as part of a script to read. He, he may or may not, I don't think he, he even came up with a bullcrap story about it. He probably had that handed to him to read. And he, he might've even been saying, oh man, I got to read this. Like I wasn't in the 
helicopter. And I, yeah, go ahead. It makes it better. Go ahead, Brian. Did say it. Okay. And he just, you know, he's paid to say whatever he's told to say. He's a professional. That's the thing about professionals. That's what it's like. It's like the whole, the whole thing about a scientist. Like uh, he's a he's an expert. He's a pro, right? Well, here's something that gets overlooked. His his professional opinion is for sale. So if he could get up and testify for Congress, if he could get up and like uh, work for an agency or work this or that, and they want to spin a certain uh, scientific uh, information into a certain you know propagandistic purpose, they hire a professional opinion. And the professional, he knows what to say because he's paid to say the right thing that he's paid to say. He's a pro. His opinion is for sale too. And his opinion can be, uh, yeah, tweak it here and there. It's all, you know, in the interest of getting paid. Everybody accepts that. Oh, you got mouths to feed. It's fine. But yeah, you you know. Uh, on that topic, it's interesting that... Uh, Robert Groden, the photographer guy that uh, is kind of known for his uh, his his stuff about JFK assassination and all that, and I think he's written some books and stuff like that. Dallas Goldbug, by the way, is uh, worked for Robert Groden, right? And then you know did some illustrations for Robert Groden's book, I believe. But you know they're 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 in leagues. You know, it's interesting. I ran across something. I think it might have been an article like John sent me or Marcus about O.J. Simpson. And in that article, it was talking about Robert Groden. I didn't know this. It's first time I heard this that he was an expert witness. Talking about expert witnesses, he was an expert witness in the O.J. Simpson trial. And then he he like there was the the, the part in the trial, which um, you know we're you know I think a lot of this a lot of, a lot of us on this call have come to the conclusion like the whole OJ trial thing was fabricated, and that there was no murders or anything. The whole thing was just a, a big pageant, you know, made for TV movie that was uh, presented as a real trial, and that kicked off the whole reality TV thing with the 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 Kardashians and all that other absolutely ridiculous crap, which is now we was talking about this, uh, Bruce Jenner and all that, but that's a whole nother story with the transsexual and the transhuman agenda and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, Robert Groden back to Robert Groden. So he was a photo expert that testified in the OJ trial about the, about the, the shoes that OJ was wearing. Cause that was supposed to be like an instrumental thing in the trial to put him at the scene because they had that those particular brand shoes, and then like oh here in you know the the prosecution was like here's a photo of OJ in these same exact shoes that you know that the shoe print the bloody shoe prints are all over the scene, and then they had uh, on the on the defense like working for OJ was Robert Groden coming out saying yeah that's a fake photo which that's really interesting. He said that that was a fabricated fake photo, and that was back within the nineties. What was it? Was this talk about faking photos? Um, but yeah, he he his expert testimony was that was a fake photo, 
But you know, he he was an actor. Robert Groden, he's an actor too. He plays a role as this expert. But you know, yeah, whatever. Those opinions are for sale and all that. But yeah, Dallas Goldbug's buddy that uh, he, he he's worked for and stuff is tight with. You know, um, Robert Groden. But yeah, that whole thing, man. Uh, yeah, why did they pick him? That's really interesting. And think about that. So he's like Robert Groden is known for like. Um, JFK conspiracy stuff. And then, you know, we're kind of looking at this whole thing uh, from the hoax buster angle of, okay, was the, was the assassination of JFK, was that a production? You know, was that uh, a, a stage deal too? And, uh, you know, before you have a knee-jerk reaction, you got to ask yourself, like, what do I really know about JFK getting his head blowed off? You don't know anything, dude. You don't know nothing about it. You got some imagery. The Sapruder film is... Now, it's demonstrably altered. And it's interesting that, like, these... Like Fetzer and people that, that you know are you know they they come out and their and their language is that the Supruder film is a hoax, which is really interesting. I wonder why they word it that way. It's not that it's been altered. It's not that it's been you know, but if you look into what they're talking about, they describe an alteration. They don't describe which that's an inter, that's a whole other subject to go into some other time, but. Uh, that's interesting, the language around it. And then, you know, this idea that, you know, Robert Groden and, and guys like Fetzer and like all these other people that have been around for a long time, like uh, Jim Mars or whatever, that these people are paid and they're, and they're controlled opposition types and their job is to spin a yarn so thick around the JFK event that it's just nothing but freaking yarn and you'll never untangle it and you'll never get to the bottom of it. And you'll never come to the realization that the whole thing was Hollywood. And they'll never entertain that. They'll take, they'll dance all around that. But it's interesting that Charles, that Robert Groden saying fake photos and OJ, but uh, never entertain that uh, possibility. And that, to, to my knowledge, in the JFK's thing, except for like they put, you know, oh, to frame the Patsy Oswald, they they spliced his head on a. I guess he claims that. I don't know exactly what he claims, but um, that that is interesting. I think though about uh, you know Groden being that uh, in that trial and all that. I thought that was interesting in light of all the stuff that we've been talking about with a lot of this stuff. And um, but you know, I was on the topic of you know experts and expert opinions and all this weight that's put on expert opinions. And then never mind the fact that an expert opinion, their opinion is, is up for, uh, is, is out for hire. Do you want, what do you want me to say when I do this? Um, like one of the no agenda show calls or shows John Dvorak was talking about that. Now, he wasn't saying that he was just, you know, 
deliberately lying or anything, but he he, he was recounting uh, the days when he would get calls and then he would want to, you know, they'd want him to come and give like his opinion or something like about. And then they would, they would pre-set it up like, okay. And then he would ask them, okay, what side of the debate, you know, if it's some kind of panel discussion or something, uh, that's going to be on televised or something like that. It's like, or on the radio or whatever. Like, what side do you want me to take? <laughs> they predetermine that ahead of time, which is, that's really interesting. But yeah, all that stuff, of course, is contrived. And uh, now to what degree and in what particular field, that's a different story. But like he, he's saying that, uh, you know, if, as far as the way he handled that stuff personally is that he would say, well, no, I'm not going to take that side of the argument. So I can't do it. But, you know, telling you that, you know, those opinions are for sale. Those expert opinions like are for sale. That's like, I don't, I don't ever remember anybody talking about that, but that's, that's obvious though. Uh, it's kind of coming to that realization looking at some of this stuff. Um, oh, Sean, yeah, that's cool. Ken Feinberg. Ken Feinberg is the guy that, like, okay, Sandy Hook, Boston bombing, uh, 9-11, uh, a bunch of other stuff, too. Like, he's the go-to guy. He's the representative of the, uh, quote, unquote, victims. And uh, so, yeah, he's he's in the... John was saying that he he ordered the U.S. taxpayers to pay the Sapruder family $16 million for the Sapruder film. <laughs> wow. They got like a, a payoff for their acting role in the whole JFK drama. The sort of hush money, I guess, to not spill the beans about that. Uh... Yeah. Brian Williams is a expert, right? Well, he's a professional is what I was trying to say. And uh, paid to read off a teleprompter, paid to say what he's paid to say. And uh, he is talking head dude a stuff suit whatever you want to call it and uh that's what he gets paid to do and uh so what is his surprise when he reads off a script and he's reading he's he's all he's all over the pro military propaganda stuff you know what I mean? Like, what? what is the big surprise there? Um, okay, I'm trying to... Trying to... Form a task. I'm not a multitasker, by the way, so... Well, you hear me, like, sometimes I get uh, preoccupied. Um, Looks like it is up on the hour. Let me do a little boop, boop, boop promo.
Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724 Call ID 9034. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What is that called? It's not a promo. It's a call out. I guess. I'm not a radio dude. Uh... I like having that at my disposal, though. Saves having to... And it's fun. Bumper. There you go. Thanks, Robert. Bumper. I got to get the lingo down, don't I? (laughs) Three years of doing this shit. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. I need my brain chip is what I need. Happy worship saying it'll all be better when we get our brain chips and then we could like, uh, I guess I put, then I put my mouth and you don't say anything. You just like open it. And then the, that it'll play a eight bit Debbie Harry and promo thing through the brain chip. It'll amplify, I guess. Well, that how it works or no, you won't even have to, I wouldn't have to use a mic. Y'all just tune in through the Wi-Fi through your brain chip. Wow. That'd be intense. Man, that's... Uh, wow. Brain chip. It, the, the, the thought of that is so out there. But it, it is it is a real thing. I mean, they're really talking about it. and it's. I mean, there's documents out there that you can pull all that stuff up. For whatever that's worth. But it's, you know, it's, it's something that seems, at all appearances, to be seriously being discussed by our... Uh, gracious leaders that have all this authority based on the powdered wig people back in the day that we, you know, don't ever question. Most people don't ever question it. I mean, their whole life, like don't ever question it. Powdered wig, man. Yeah, that's good enough for me. What do I do? Where do I, where do I sign up, sign me up for powdered wig people doctrine? And, uh, do I need to bend over at the airport? Yeah, go ahead. Whatever. Now, is this cool with the powdered wig dudes? Uh, not according to the courts, right? That does another thing that happened. Like, uh, there was like a court decision that they said TSA, you know, like this guy like took TSA to court. And uh, they're like, yeah, that's absolutely right. That's totally unconstitutional. And the Supreme Court, I guess, ruled on it. And it's like, yeah, well. <laughs> they still do it. It's like, oh, okay. So powdered wig doctrine, powdered wig men doctrine, it only gets you so far, I guess. Depending on who, I don't know. But it's fine, I guess, you know, don't don't question, don't ask too many questions. It's all good. Uh, uh, yeah, Brian Williams said something and it turned out not to be factual. I don't think he was shot at in a helicopter, but, I, you know, he's paid to say what he says. And, you know, it shouldn't surprise anybody that he's going to bullshit his way into some good-sounding pro-military, because everything's pro-military, selling, you know, military, selling, you know, all of that stuff. And it, it's got to be done. And, if you know, if it, whatever it takes to do it, you know, make up a bullshit story, uh, sort of just you know, all pull out all stops 
for war propaganda. And, uh, you know, that's what we, you know, if we, you know, if you ever put a, if you're putting a, if you're the type of person that's putting a flag out on your lawn and you're doing all that, it's like, don't blame Brian Williams. He's just doing what, you know, you want him to do. Cause you, you accept the, you accept utter bullshit as your, basically your religion. That's your religion. So it's like, he's, that's part of the religion is being, being lied to. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole thing with the, uh, reporters lying and, and all that. And then, uh, I got a, and I should have wrote down who sent me this because I want to, want to give them, want to give them a uh, credit for it. Uh, anyway, I got, uh, I think, uh, Zach. And then again, too, like some people don't want their names out there, but you know, here's an article about, BBC News, uh, action films restricted in Paris following attacks. Pretty funny. In light of, uh, especially in light of we talk about here. I guess I could read some of it here. Let me, oh, okay, let me put it in the chat. Smother me with love. Is that what it says? That song. Bum, 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 bum. Da, 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 da. So that's in the chat. Check it out. Um, action films restricted in Paris following attacks. No more action filming in Paris. <laughs> I guess it's, they're going to throttle back on action films after the big Charlie Hebdo production. Uh, the filming of the movie action sequences have been restricted by the authorities in Paris following last month's attacks in the French capital. There's a problem with these action-type scenes, as the actors in uniform could be targets for terrorists, said Police Commander Sylvie Bernard. Also, the actors could pose confusion for the general public during the highly sensitive period. She said the use of fake weapons and pyrotechnic effects were also banned. Oh, man. So there goes my uh, weekend plans uh, in Paris. Uh, tension remains high following the attacks in January, which left 20 people dead, including three gunmen... Armed police and soldiers continue to guard sensitive sites, including synagogues, media offices, and large shopping areas. Uh, Commander Bernard said that she did not know how long the filming ban could last, but added that it was a common sense. So really. I was shocked to hear witnesses of the Charlie Hebdo attack say on television, it seemed like a movie shoot to us. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a movie shoot. Hmm. Did you say too much there, Mr. Reporter? I don't think so. Nobody's paying attention. Uh, Paris is a popular destination for filmmakers. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, sure is. Um, with its wide boulevards and dramatic landmarks such as the Eiffel Tower and Louvre Pyramid. Yeah, the pyramid that's got, what is it, 666 panes of glass in it. Uh, official statistics provided by city authorities showed there were 930 film shots in Paris last year. Uh, actually, 931 with the Charlie Hebdo thing. Um uh, Including, oh, that was this year. Okay, never mind. Including approximately 20 international productions. Recent box office hits, which were filmed in the French capital, include Tom Cruise's Thriller Edge of Tomorrow, Luke Besson's Lucy, starring Scarlett Johansson, and the first taken film, Matt Damon's Visceral Car Chase, blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. It seemed like a movie. There's a video out there on the YouTubes. And it's just like one... Somebody... How do people do this or have the time to do this is... is makes me wonder. Uh, it, it, how do you get the time? Okay. It's time because the hardest... The video, putting a video together is time consuming. Just... By itself, even if you have all the raw materials, but like sourcing the material is like that is super time consuming, especially if like you're taking you're trying to get stuff from like a specific line like, oh, it was just like a movie. And then you like you like put them end to end like this person did. And uh, maybe I could find that video while I'm talking all about it. Uh Maybe it's line 11 just like a movie. Yeah, that's it, I think. Uh, no, never mind. Anyway, yeah, I just... No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, where do they get the time to do those? I mean, yeah, just one person after the other after another, and then these events saying, oh, well, yeah, it seemed to me it was just like a movie. Sandy Hook, same thing. There's people saying, yeah, you know, there was helicopters, there was fire trucks it was uh just like a movie i mean is that something somebody normally would say cuz i've i see ambulances a lot i've seen car accidents i've seen i've seen stuff that wasn't the first thing that came to my mind i don't associate an ambulance or a fire truck with a movie or any kind of murder, like what? I don't know. But that's what everybody says in these psyops. It's it's kind of like a uh, like a meme that's always in these things for some reason, right? Uh, there's that. It's like a movie. That's what they said about the. Charlie Hebdo deal. 
We we is just like a just like a movie. Yeah, I can't do French accent. Here is this is funny. Well, I don't know how funny it is, but Hillary Clinton. It's just a photo is what I was talking about on this. I put that in the chat. Yeah, by the way, anybody listening to this, you can look at the links and everything in at, if you go to the hoaxbusterscall.com and then the audios are posted there and there's links to the uh, chat. And all this, all these links will be in that chat link. Okay. They have a picture of Hillary Clinton, and I guess... Who's this other stuff suit next to her? But something about Russian relations and some kind of uh, token thing they did for a photo shoot that was, you know... uh, Supposed to be, uh, well, let me read a little bit of this. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton went went for a little joke today about resetting relations with the Russians, but it turned out the joke was on her. Then it points out, and I'm not even talking about, I don't care about any of this bullcrap, because they, because, okay, here's the, you know, State Department, and um, they get, they, so they make up this little prop. And then, like, they use it for this photo shoot between this uh, foreign minister, Lavrov, I guess, and then Hillary Clinton, the whatever her bullcrap job is, secretary of state or whatever bullcrap job she has. And then um, so they're posing with this thing, and it's like a red button. And they both got their hand fingers on it. And, like, what the first thing that came to mind is, like, oh, that's the doomsday button. Like the 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 Cold War, invoking the Cold War, obviously. I mean, who's not going to think that? Seeing that on first sight, that's that's the doomsday red button, the big red button that you push, and everything's, and then about twenty minutes later, everything is like smoldering ash because we got nuked, right? The, the 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 shit they were, you know, trying to terrify everybody with. For that went on for fifty years. Does anybody remember that? But in this little bullcrap article, is talking about oh, um, it was supposed to say reset, but the word means overcharge in Russian. So the tra- it got it got mixed up in the translation, as if they don't have like all these aids and stuff working that could go get the proper you know, Russian word and put it on there for fuck's sake. I mean, come on, get out of here with all that. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, what is, what is funny about this is that, well, it's not really funny, but it it, it is how this kind of like cavalier kind of like, Oh, it's a funny, it's a joke, joke, ha, but it's clearly like the nuke button, you know, and it's like a in your face joke. I think, you know, that's what this stuff is. It's like, yeah, we're going to joke around about the doomsday button now. Like, uh, 
even though they're at the other hand they're saying oh yeah like they keep uh they'll they'll send these these people out there council on foreign relations people mainly and they'll talk about oh yeah how there's still a potential nuclear threat oh yeah but nukes don't exist but you know that's another topic but um constantly trying to re to, to try to invoke that to try to like you know be suggestive of it to 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 restoke all that that fear and then also to you know dredge that up whenever the you know it it it, it has any kind of a uh you know they need to you know just constantly keep us stirred up and scared but then you know oh we we could joke and have fun with it and uh which if you know if the nuke bomb and all that was real that that i mean to joke about it would be like super cow like callous like ridiculous like you know these people are you know psychotic uh but you know they are psychotic but they they you know you wouldn't joke you wouldn't joke around like that would you I don't know. Am, 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 I, am I missing something, or is like nobody seems to be, you know, concerned that this is the doomsday button? But you know, uh, speaking of that, Alex Jones is talking about. Well, I'll just play it. This little snippet here. Alex Jones talking about nukes how we need to be afraid of nukes now again but you know that's typical fear mongering the stuff that he engages in but uh i wanted to send this to marcus because there's something in here that's pretty interesting that's a little bit different and uh i don't know maybe maybe i'm making too much about it or something like that but it sounded like I guess if you wanted to take it, take it in the wrong, you know, in a particular way, and maybe I'm just being paranoid about it, but uh, it sounds like some kind of a threat, and maybe I'm being like egocentric or what I don't know, but uh, like it sounds like a threat, kind of directed at me and Marcus on his show. I don't know. Let me see if I can uh, try to play it. Defense Department leaked classified document. It goes all the way, went all the way high up as the Joint Chiefs. Yeah, let me pause it for a second. He's talking about okay. this document, and he's like, you know, this is something that got leaked to him or something. I don't know. It's one of his inside people or something. It's you know, it's kind of ridiculous fear mongering stuff he gets into. But yeah, I was yeah, he's talking about this document and what he's talking about. But that's that's the I'm just trying to set up the context. what it details imminent economic collapse in 2015 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 do you understand this is not a game do you understand it talks about how the army is going to be put on the street talks about how there's going to be man fema camps in basically every state in the united states folks if there ever was a time to get prepared, if there ever was a time to be afraid, this is the time, folks. 
Okay, do you understand? These are the people that back the Nazis. These are the people that back the communist Chinese. These are the people that back the communist Russians. They're going to do it here. Okay, they're going to bust down your door. They're going to rape your wife. They're going to kill your kids. They're going to steal your property. They're going to make you lick their boots. They're going to put you in a FEMA camp. You're going to die at the barrel of a gun. You're going to eat dirt. Do you understand? You need to listen to what I'm saying. It goes over in detail. FEMA camps, army on the street, and imminent economic collapse. It talks about nuclear war with Russia. It talks about nuclear war with North Korea. It talks about terrorism coming out here from the Middle East, which we know is completely and totally run by the government. And actual terror cells in the United States setting off mini nukes in cities all over the U.S. Now, if you've been listening to this radio program for more than 10 years, you know that 15 years ago the Council on Foreign Relations came out with a document mm-hmm. talking about how they were going to set off nukes in Denver, in New York City, in Los Angeles, in Houston, in Indianapolis, and two small little towns, um, not really even worth mentioning, but uh, – you need to be particularly uh, scared and afraid if you live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, or Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, they specifically mention those towns. Uh, so, yeah, nukes, folks. These people are crazy. They will set off nukes in cities and blame it on patriots, folks. Now, I said that our website. Yeah, so that's what he's saying. Like, uh, Specifically mentioning Lawton, Oklahoma, where I'm from, and Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So, yeah, I, was, I, I figured, well, you know, I, I, just got, I just got clued into this earlier, so I, I figured, uh, you know, I, I was going to send it to Marcus, but hopefully he's listening right now, and uh, he'll get the he'll get the word, you know, just, you know, I guess. Putting you on notice, Marcus, man. You're you're in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So, uh, yeah, nukes. Uh, yeah, that, that, you know, that's typical stuff. Um, I guess just get some, yeah, just get some, uh, iodine. Should be all right. Ba da ba, got some callers calling in. Ba da ba 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 da ba. Let's see. I can unmute. Let me unmute Connecticut first. Let's try that, and then I'll unmute New York here in a minute. Uh oh. Lost. Hello? Connecticut. This is, this is, is this, not Connecticut. This is New York. This hey, how you New doing, York. man? How, right on. Cool. All right. You want to try, you want to try Connecticut first or, or, or what? No, Connecticut disappeared. So you're on, man. Uh, on the hoax call. I'm on. All right. Live. All right. Uh, so I was listening, uh, I was listening to you talk, uh, uh, last week, the show last week, 
And you're talking about Larkin Rose, right? Larkin Rose, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And I wanted to, okay, and I wanted to ask you this question, which which might be a and you'll talk and you made a really good point about I guess his point is if there's like Larkin Rose believes in I mean, I'm not sure you, you seem to be much more into, you know, like government theory than I am. Um, but you did, you know, I guess the point was that, that, you know, like uh, there should be, you know, he says there should be uh, like no government, but then I think your point was if there was um, government, but still money, then you'd have boss hog who, would be um, uh, unassailable, basically, because of money. Is that, is that your point? Uh, yeah, I was trying to make the point that, um, you know, in the money system, you would have that sort of thing. I think that it would naturally kind of like, you know, it would kind of unfold that way just by the fact that, you know, people are using money. I mean, don't you think that makes right. sense? And, and so- Oh, it does. No, it does. I, you know, like that, that, that was, uh, 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 I think I thought that was a really good point that, uh, you know, like there's always going to be that boss hog, but then it made me wonder, it's like, okay, so if you, if, if power, and, and this is just this hypothetical thing, it's, I, I, I don't think, you know, this, I'm not, I don't think you should take this that seriously or anybody should take it that seriously, but if, if if you if the power of the state were to devolve to you, you what would you? It sounds like you would just say, well, your first act is like ruler of the world or ruler of the United States. Say, um, would be to, to to get rid of money. Is that right? Oh, I, yeah. I mean that that's see that's that's something that. Uh... You know, we I think people would have to understand like what they're dealing with when they're when they're dealing with money. I think that I think it helps. I mean, I don't I don't claim to fully understand like how, uh, you know, it's how it's obviously the most effective tool of control ever devised. If you really think it through, and uh, you know, I think it's really hard to even fathom the depths of the levels of control that is, that is, you know, that, that is all throughout our system, you know, that it, it, that is tied directly to the use of money. You know, it's hard to even kind of even wrap your mind around it. You know, if you want to, you know, think about how you, you just look at how people talk about, and then, you know, they're preoccupied with, the attainment of this thing called money. I mean, that's it. Kind of just rules everybody's life, especially in the United States. Okay. It's the ring. It's so it's the ring and Lord of the Rings. It's one ring to rule them all. It's money. They put that on a coin, yeah. by the way, well, uh, with well, Queen, Eliz- Queen Elizabeth <laughs> on one side. And, uh, yeah. The one ring that rules them all. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> what it is? That's the analogy. Uh, okay, but it, it just <laughs> so I mean I think a lot of this is like you know the fish not being able to see the water because they're swimming in it, and 
you know, it's just like, uh, but it did, uh, uh, but it did kind of make me wonder, it's like, well, what would you, what do you, if, if you don't want to use money, uh, okay, let me put it a different way. You know, like just in your, if you're in your, you know, immediate community, um, you you would like to see some kind of immediate community without money. Is that right? I just want to, all I want to do, because I don't, you know, whatever is going to be whatever outcome of, uh, if if you got to look at, you know, what, what is, what is it that, you know, makes things the way they are as far as, uh, you know, making people enslaved, you know, we're trying to, if, you know, if you want to try to define that, you know, you want to try to define like what, what, what is this, what are, what are these conditions that people have agreed to that ends up putting us in a position of, you know, either being slaves for the man or, um, you know, where you could point out instances of people like that, um, practically, uh, die, you know, yeah, they, I mean, literally die for lack of this thing called money and it's, and it's nonsense. Yeah. And it's, it's a belief system. You know, it's another thing too. It's like government that doesn't have any kind of basis other than a belief. Like, is that something that like, yeah, no people want to keep? Cause I don't, cause here's the thing about it. I don't think that you can keep that, let's say you wanted to like, you know, you want to dispose of the government, you know, and you re- you recognize that it's a it's a false belief, and then you know people want to like you know shake this off and then stop thinking that way and stop you know giving people magical powers that are identified as government that nobody else can do. You know, that's that's Larkin Rose. Though talks about that, and then I think he's 100% right about that stuff. But you know, can you then you know keep the money system and then you know have this voluntary society like the these libertarian people you know wax eloquently about? And then you know, they also like I've seen some stuff where like they're they're demonstrating it how. You know, it works and then and how it, um, you know, in this. But, you know, it's usually in some sort of like really limited context, like a, what do they call it, like a pork fest or are you, are you familiar with the libertarian movement? A pork? Uh, yeah. Well, it's I sort of a gathering of like, uh, yeah, it's sort of gathering of people who kind of uh, I, reject of the ideas fest. of government and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know right. what the well, name is based on, that, but yeah. One thing that, um, you know, I actually went to a libertarian meeting not too long ago. Um, and uh, one thing that alarmed me about the libertarians was their, um, they were very insistent on uh, no, part of no government was no minimum wage. And, um I, from my experience, and I have had many jobs in this country, I am an American, and I have had many jobs. And from my experience, if management can get away with paying you $1 an hour, that is darn well what they're going to do. And the only reason people, you know, so in, in some ways, 
that's the, you know, like I, I don't, you know, like, like, uh, uh, when I look at the situation of labor in general, uh, I mean, that is one area where it seems like the, the, the government, but then I, I don't know what, you know, it's, I mean, these are complicated issues, but, um, it does, I mean, but it might, basically what I want to say is my experience has been that, that management is, uh, uh, not at all sympathetic to um, their workers. Well, I mean, no, uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's that's uh, something that, like, you know, is never going to be expunged in the money system. I mean, you you have those circumstances set up, and there's like, uh, you know, there's the minimum wage, and um, there's people that uh, you know. I guess they consider themselves libertarian and they argue against having a minimum wage or having a, you know, that the, oh, well, market forces will sort everything out and make everything uh, creamy and good and luscious and fun and happy because that's the way the market always wants to kind of get to this happy median and equilibrium. And it's like, well, yeah, if you live in la-la land, that can be true. But, you know, like um, I gave the analogy of the boss hog, you know, I, I said for a reason he's a third generation snake oil salesman, you know. So you have to consider, too, like, OK, uh, yeah, nobody, not in a free market voluntary society would anybody buy snake oil. Really? Why? Of course, people would buy snake oil. I mean, you're not you're not changing the you know, underlying psychology of people like wanting quick fixes and stuff like that, then none of that would go away. You yeah. know, you, you know, so you, you yeah. open up the door for boss hog and, um, his big estate and, you know, and his fortifications and, you know, Larkin Rose buddy ain't getting his rat rod back. He's fucked. And that's the way it is. And you don't like it. You can either start building, uh, armored, uh, uh, backhoe to, you know, assault fortress. boss hogs right. fortress with, or you could just forget it and start, you know, start from scratch. But and, then, yeah. But then you're talking uh, about like, you know, tribal warlords that, I mean, I think that that's what, you know, like, you know, political science, this must be, I haven't studied a lot of political science, but you know, this, you know, like that's based, you know, when you say that, I mean, the picture, you know, that whole boss hog image, you know, was really clear to me is like, that's basically what, you know, like, and, and, and this must be somebody's argument for government, because if there was no government, I mean, I just think of the, you know, like, it's just, it's going to be, you know, tribal warlords. So, well, I mean, you, you know, have I Boss know. Hog right now. You have, now you have Boss Hog and you got government. So, you know, it's not, but you can't, you can't forget Boss Hog. He's not going to go away when you get rid of government. He's still going to be around. And, um, but you know, the only difference is he's not going to have his, you know, they're really, if you want to break it down, boss hog and the government, you know, are two sides of the same. Didn't like, uh, if you want to bring up the Dukes of Hazzard series, didn't boss hog pretty much run the show? I mean, what, I guess he was maybe mayor or something. So he was like part of the (laughs) government, but you know, not to, not to split hairs. Yeah. we got to brush up on your Dukes of Hazzard, uh, facts before you come on hoaxbusters call yeah but no yeah yeah you get what I, you get my point though like um let, let's just say yeah, yeah I get you, the point. Not, no no you know like the, yeah. the image is regardless of what's on the juice of hazard the image is clear and one of the things that i point out because sometimes people bring up um 
you know, well, the best society would be, you know, like if we, you know, went back to like just a, you know, tribal society. And then the next point, I, I, I'm like, well, how does that work out for the Cherokee? Not too good, right? So, you know, because, and, in, in, uh, you know, the, the point of that is, is that, that, you know, like it's, okay, let's say you have your, your perfect tribe. There's always going to be, you know, the Roman army out there. Yeah, they can come and... Really... Yeah, it's the whole. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I'm not a Trekkie or anything, but um, I've I've seen a few episodes. But the one episode I, I saw is like it 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 kind of drew me in, and I got I sat through the whole thing, and I like one of the few times I ever had was the Borg. They were talking about the Borg, and I was like, man, that is a pretty good analogy for uh, the the members of civilization. Like if you think about okay. Just what you just got through describing, like you have a tribal society and then, you know, they're kind of like they're more their knowledge and their wisdom and stuff is more uh, directed toward the natural order of things like, you know, they don't have, you know, the majority of their population spun in the head because they they recognize certain psychological, uh, you know, family dynamics and stuff. And they incorporate it into their culture, like with their coming of age rituals and stuff like that. That's that's how they stave off mental illness that's pro, that predominates our culture. Stuff like that. You know, you got a culture yeah. like that up against um, because in the in the Star Trek series, the Borg is the most technologically advanced, and then they're they're a hive mind. They all work as a unit because they all have they all uh, follow the dictates of a central computer. You know uh, that guides there or queen bee or whatever I, i'm not into it too much so i can't say a whole lot about it but the, that i think that's a good analogy for sort of civilization in general it's like they came over here the story goes i don't know i wasn't there but columbus allegedly discovers america the first thing they do is the is the board goes out and starts establishing the 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 um the the ranching practices by you immediately cut off all the wildlife corridors with uh, ranching and fences, setting up barbed wire fences. They put yeah. miles and miles and miles and miles and hundreds of thousands and millions of miles of barbed wire fences, first order of business. And then, you know, that was all, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I got to get, get out here. I've got 160 acres and a mule, got a nice piece of land and make me make a good living for me and my family. Cause we can get some, we can raise some corn. We can raise some uh, watermelon, and we can sell that on the market for a pretty good price. Got me a good little place here. You're just a money slave, a money bot, a money robot. That's what that's what civil. That's what the members of civilization are. They're the Borg. They go everything. It's like never mind that they had buffalo running everywhere. That's like very meaty, very tasty. Right. That cook up real nice. They got all you need, all your nutrients in there. Your electrolytes, by the way, are in Buffalo. All that stuff you need. And um, they like, never mind that. Let's, let's, well, another order of business too is let's slaughter the Buffalo and put them in big piles and let their, right. let them rot. And um, let's get civilization going because we need to get, you know, I need to get my rant set up so I can start making an income. You know, it's like, well, what do you need money for? It's like, you got food. Well, I got to buy a house. I got to buy a house. You got wood. 
build a lean-to, build a – what are the Indians doing? They got teepees. It's a house. It's fine. It keeps rain off. It's like, no, it's money robots were here. The Borg was here. And they uh, – they, they and then what is the thing they say? Resistance is futile. So the Indians are like, well, shit, what are we going to do? Like, uh, you know, they don't know how to – they don't – they couldn't comprehend the money system. They're like, it's a piece of paper. It doesn't – or it's a it's this coin or something. They don't – they didn't get it. They couldn't assimilate. That's why you don't see them around. You you don't see your Indians around anymore. Right. They don't. They couldn't assimilate into the Borg. And that's that's civilization. Right. That's so put, civilization they, they in a all, nutshell. They put them all in banshee stands. Yeah, they they couldn't figure it out though. It's like, why the hell are you doing this? Why are you why are you bringing in these like domesticated animals and keep them in pens, and then you got to bust your ass to like make sure they don't get out of the fence, and then you got to kill the wolves, you got to kill the cows, you got to concern yourself with that. You got to like, there's a really good film out there called uh, "The Gods Must Be Crazy." Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a whole. It's the only movie I've ever seen that is just it's a slam on civilization it's like it it's it there's all this stuff in this film that's just it's you know it's supposed to be a economy comedy and it really is funny i mean it's, it's it's one of my favorite movies and it it really illustrates so well like the absurdity of what the average person that lives in civilization goes through i mean the you know there's a scene where the guys he's trying to get uh, his Jeep into this uh, it t- to take it down this road and get it through this gate and get it into, and there's this, you know, he, he's got something wrong with his transmission and he's trying to get it in gear and he stops. He's, he's got to lift up the gate because of the, you know, the British occupiers have all the sh- roads and shit and the stupid shit all set up everywhere. And he's got like, a, Oh, a gate and a barrier and he's got to put it and he gets out and he lifts up and his car start, his Jeep starts rolling backwards and it rolls back. And he's like, he got to run to catch it and he drops the gate and he fucks some other shit up. And then, and then the, uh, the, the, um, the guy, the Bushman, you know, front, uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's supposed to be filmed in Africa and all that. So this African Bushman is just like watching this guy and he's just like laughing and shaking his head. Like, what the f- what the fuck is this guy doing? You know, it's like, and you know, it's like, it's sort of like, uh, it's, it's, it, it like takes you out and try to look at civilization through the eyes of a, a Bushman or a primitive man. And, and, uh, you know, and then, and then the guy, the one, the white man, the British guy in the, in the film that is, uh, you know, he's, he, he's like this stereotypical, like dysfunctional male and stuff like that. And he doesn't even know how to approach what he doesn't know. And it's just a whole, you know, it's just how fucked up civilization is and how absurd it is and how screwy it is. It, it really kind of, it, it really gets that across pretty effectively in this, in this film, but yeah, it, 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 it's taken for granted, but we all take this for granted. And like the thought, Oh my perish, the thought of, doing away with money because we love the baubles and we love the slave gadgets and we love all the, the all the trappings of civilization and all that. And, uh, you know, we've been born into it well, and we take it all for sure. granted. And- I'm just not sure what your vision is of, of, of like, okay, there is that tribal vision, but I, I don't think that you think that that would be like realistic for like the current, 
inhabitants of the United States, do you? Or, or I'm just wondering, well, like, what would your vision be, go, like, if there weren't money? And, and I'm not, what would, what would you have us, you know, what would it be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any kind of, I'm not, I'm not like pushing for any kind of, uh, what do they call that again? You know what I'm talking about? The, uh, oh, Jock, uh, Jock, uh, I keep, I'm, I'm trying to think of this and I keep coming up with free state project. It's like a freaking free state project. It's the, uh, it's the, uh, the ut- the future utopia that all the world's resources are going to be centrally computerly controlled and jocks uh valet yeah i think that's his name uh the, the venus project the venus project the venus i don't, I don't, I don't know you ever heard that. of that yeah that's the venus project but it's it's also no. like this proposal for society that's like a moneyless system but it's like oh yeah we need a like a scientific elite because it's the the part of its philosophical premise is that like uh, you know uh, all the world's resources need to be carefully managed because you know they they they're obviously buying into this idea of uh, scarcity which I don't believe in I don't believe any of that I, I, their 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 whole premise is faulty but you know you you have to I think understand certain things about um, nature and the world around you to get in kind of accurate scope on things it, you know it, it but you know like what is the alternatives i don't know I, I don't know like what what how would that even look as far as a transitional phase into something that's you know workable i, I don't know what that would look like either all i know is that you know a lot of the stuff that we, we always take for granted and we're like we're preoccupied with is um not going to be solved like it's not going to be like the people like libertarians and stuff they they talk about this a lot and they spend a lot of energy and stuff like that and they even go to i mean as absurd as this is like trying to get like third-party candidates elected and all this other stuff that's just crazy right why why waste your time (laughs) with that stuff yeah (laughs) it's like that is absolutely insane. It's like the, it is. You know, I mean, when you get right down to it, it's like, wait, that's the right, that's the right word. It's just crazy. Yeah, I think mean, it's true. I guess what I'm trying to say is don't sweat any of this stuff, man. It's like, it's not going to, that is, you're just going to spin your wheels. You're just going to spin your wheels. It's like, uh. I like how Marcus puts it. It's like you you got to like figure out a way to have kind of one foot in and one foot out of the system. You got to like, but you know, oh, I yeah. think what what I'm talking about is what I'm trying to do or my goal is just simply like I, I'm, I'm trying to do this myself. I'm trying to what I'm trying to do and I'm, I'm trying to share this with other people and like get information from other people, too, is that, you know, it, it's trying to construct a. uh a framework, a mental framework, and a vocabulary to articulate truths or the truth or whatever you want to call it about the conditions that everybody is subject to. And and then from that, try to, you know, retain some sanity and uh, be able to become a more functional human being you know if nothing else and whatever whatever 
comes out of that comes out of it, but it, it, the the basis is on truth, and uh, there is like no other kind of higher objective other than just simply the truth. So, like saying something because what, what I think people get locked into is the whole dialectic thing where you get this fa- people will latch on to their favorite philosophy like libertarianism or anarchism or whatever like that and then they start you know engaging in the rhetoric of it and then they become invested into it and then they go to you know libertopia or portfest and they meet people and they you know ex- they're exchanging these ideas and stuff like that and then they they, they start to become activists and they start to do this, all this stuff. And then, you know, kind of years go by and they have all this time and effort stuff invested into this, you know, uh, kind of alternative community thing. Which, you know, I mean, I don't think – I'm not trying to say that that is particularly bad per se. But you, what I'm saying is like that, you know, whatever those goals are and you're trying to like – reform the system from within the system if you know and you think that you know by doing that you're going to um you know abolish government or change the system or anything like that it's never going to happen unless you acknowledge the truths about you know the money system you have to like you have to like not have any sacred cows to hold on to if you're going to get anywhere, uh, that's the way I look at it. You can't, you can't have a, a good, accurate hold on something at one point, and then like over here, you got you, you just totally ignore the negatives of the whole so-called uh, free market system and all that. You can't do that. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna fail. You, you can't have this favored uh, perspective that you aren't going to look about any, you're not going to want to look at any negative aspects about uh, the the opposite side. Like what are the negative aspects of having a, a money system with no government? Well, what you're talking about kind of dances around the issue that of Marxism, you know, and this, this, and this is kind of one of, one of the things that I've been um, interested in, you know, like in the, you know, like, uh, um, uh, for lack of a better term, like fakeology community, um, that, you know, like there isn't any real, um, you know, Marxism is like this positivist, you know, like exactly what you're talking, like the libertarians. I mean, I think you could make an argument that the libertarian, something like libertarianism isn't, you know, like that far from, from Marxism and, you know, like we're going to, you know, fix this, you know, we've got this system and, and, you know, like if we can just get, you know, this idea, if we can just get the right people in government, Mm -hmm. then, um, I mean, it's going to be great, right. Just, just get us elected and, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, you know, pretty radical experiments were, were, um, uh, apparently, I mean, if you believe history, which, you know, but, but pretty radical experiments were carried out in the name of Marxism that, you know, often proved to be um, naive, uh, ill-considered, you know, that are just, you know, like based on this doctrinaire, uh, you know, view of, of the world. And, uh, but, you know, so it's not really, you know, just even if, even if, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's just another ism. 
you know, it's Marxism or libertarianism or, you know, if you're in, if you, if you, if you got an ism at the end of it, you're probably, you're probably down the wrong road. Yeah. But then it just, begs, so then, you know, like, well, how is that? I mean, the main thing, you know, like as I was talking about before, you know, I think money, you know, for me comes down to, um, you know, a lot of it comes down to, to just labor. And, uh, you know, I've been um, involved in labor and with labor issues. I mean, I, I guess, uh, uh, and I've just seen the, you know, I felt firsthand the, the you know, inequities. It's like, doesn't really, you know, like now, like if you can find a way to, you know, like make it through the world, you know, it's it's possible to do. But, you know, like I definitely see that, you know, a lot of people are basically, you know, from my point of view, conscripted into a form of slavery, um, you know, through, and, and I, you know, a lot of it is through the money system, which, you know, like they, you know, like the, I, the reason that they're able to do that is there's a certain, um, you know, moral uh, uh, high ground, I uh, can put that better, but you know what I mean? That, you know, like, oh, well, you know, like if you just work for money, then, you know, like the reason you're in this slave-like position is because you're not working or you didn't do something right. If you just, you know, did things right, then, you know, you wouldn't be in this position. But I think for a lot of people, that's not really the case. Um, and I'm not really sure. And, and I just want to emphasize, too, you know, like how difficult labor is. Uh, you know, I, I think that's often, you know, like amongst the, you know, middle class, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, kind of downplayed about like, you know, how hard it is to work in a restaurant, for instance, or how hard it is to work on a construction site, you know, day in and day out for 40 hours. And, you know, so, uh, and I guess there's obviously there's people that, you know, people have to work on, people have to build things, people have to work in restaurants, but it just seems to me that it can be done. And, and that was a promise of communism, right? That, you know, that labor is going to be, you know, we're going to distribute this like equitably and there isn't going to be, you know, like, uh, you know, like all of us are going to have to spend some time on the farm. Uh, you know, all of us are going to have to spend some time in the factory and we're just going to make this into, but you can't, that, that turns out to be, uh, 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 at best, uh, willfully naive. And, uh, well, then, I mean, the whole, uh, well, it's kind of fundamentally fraud, flawed in that, you know, okay, how are you going to bring this about? Well, at the barrel of a gun, right? Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be doing I, that. Oh yeah, you exactly, are. That's that's exactly, and that's what I because I, you know it wasn't that long ago that uh, uh, you know after not having um, not having done manual labor for quite some time, I was in a position where I was actually forced to do that. I was wiping tables, uh, which is a very uh, modest job, <laughs> and uh, uh, and I did think. Uh, uh, wow, everybody, you know, like, like, it, and this is kind of what I'm saying. It really, you know, like when I went into the restaurant before, you know, maybe notice somebody wiping tables or whatever. And, you know, you kind of look at that for like an hour and it, you know, it doesn't even seem that hard. It's like, oh, well, that might even be a kind of a pleasant job. 
But then, like, it, when it's you doing that, or I, I didn't even work 40 hours a week. I worked 20 hours a week. But still, 20 hours a week was a lot for me. And, and when it's you doing that for 20 hours a week for just over minimum wage, you're like, this is screwed up, man. <laughs> you know? And, you you know, like, and it also occurred to me, it's like, well, everybody should have to do this, you know, like, for, you know, for a certain period of life. And then the next, that was exactly my thought. Well, they should the only be. way that would ever happen yeah, they're forced to do it by it a gun. The point, by of the gun. That, point of a gun. And that's the kind right, of right. that's the that, whole that's the you know free state libertarian argument against the uh, they call it the non-aggression principle, which I'm I'm totally on board with that. I don't I don't have a problem with that at all. I understand that you know, it's, it's, to me it's it's kind of like a it's one of those just on its face truths, you know, somebody presents it to you and then you're like, you're open to, you know, true knowledge. And then somebody points that out to you. It's like, yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, the whole, this whole concept that, you know, there's, there's these people that, that get to, you know, identify themselves as government. And then they have some kind of a special, uh, rights or, abilities or stuff that nobody else can do, you know, only they can do because they're designated as government. And then you end up with like situations where people are put in prison for, you know, having a certain, the wrong type of plant, you know, like marijuana and stuff like that, which is, that, this is absolutely ridiculous. All this stuff that goes on, you know, and then, you know, you talk about, well, you know, it's not fair to work at busing cables or whatever for 20. Well, I mean, look at, in the money system, how many people get paid quite well to basically do something that like you, you can't really examine it and find any kind of tangible benefit to the average person. It's sort of, it's sort of like it, it, it is, it is consumed up in this abstraction, like, you know, uh, some sort of a bookkeeping right. thing or something like that. That's has to do with something that's like a, a numbers issue or an abstraction that um, like banking or, like, why do we in the modern day with the computing power that we have at our disposal and then like a, you can go buy a, a computer that sits in the palm of your hand that can do all kinds of calculations and figuring. Why do we have bankers? That, that makes no sense. I mean, all this stuff could be managed through the, uh, you know, number crunching computer system like that, that. Their job has already been obsolete ever since the advent of computers. But, you know, nobody looks at it that way. You know, because bankers are integral and to the system and also not only that, but homeless people and busboys making minimum wage are an important part of the system because you have to have the juxtaposition between, okay, I need to go to my job and I need to work and I need to do what my boss is telling me because I don't want to end up a busboy. I don't want to end up a homeless. And so they're like a living threat to your, yeah. So you work hard and you put up with a lot of bullshit. And that's how, you know, we're always in the system played off against one another and how, how beautifully that works. And then, then, then that's easier to see as you get into the sort of overt politics that happens, you know, in the left phony left, right, paradigm and debate where they always play to this class warfare theme like oh 
the rich aren't paying their fair share. Oh, no, the other side says the rich is paying too much. It's like, no, the whole thing is completely arbitrary. It's, it's, it's completely fabricated, but it's constructed in a certain way and a very specific way. And it is working perfectly. It is working f- as it is designed perfectly. It is it is uh, the, the Detroit going to shit is that's perfect. That's like exactly what the system is set up to perform. Like, you know, they moved those jobs. They took them over to another part of the world. Though that, that whole community, everything the the its legs are cut out from under it. It, 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 it turns practically to dust, but you know, that, that is, um, that is something that is part of the system that that's how the system functions and works. You need, therefore, those poor that ended up jobless, homeless, dependent upon the on the state and all that, because you can uh, then the rest of the slaves and the rest of the nation can look at that and say, oh, we don't want to end up that way, do we? We don't want to end up like Detroit. We need to pull our heads out of our asses. We need to put our noses to the grindstone and we need to get to work. And then like, um, so you work and work and work and like, or you do like I did and you go, you know, you're trying to get an education so you don't have to do the, to the, the, the donkey work and all that bullshit. So, um, and then they outsource your job, you know, like they outsource the, they're starting right. to outsource, uh, design jobs and stuff over to India because they speak, they can't really, they, the English is not their first language and, you know, they might get some, you know, a, a comma out of place in the sentence. Like, eh, who cares though? It's, it's, it's good enough, you know, to outsource it and stuff like that. So I saw that, I saw that happen to the company that I work for. I didn't lose my job, but I quit before I lost it, but I saw it coming. And, uh, but you know, uh-huh. that's, it, it's important. That's why they fabricated the great depression. It, it was, there was nothing happened in reality with the, with, with the money or the flow of it or the lack of it or anything. It had nothing to do with anything. The whole thing was contrived. And uh, there's this really good article by this guy by the name, his last name is Katz with a K. And he goes into explaining mm. how the whole uh, so-called Great Depression was fabricated. And and what it did was like, okay, the workers that in, ended up you know with jobs which were, you know, fewer proportionally as, you know, pre-depression. That's the only thing that changed. Those those workers worked harder and longer hours for less money. And then, you know, once they established that as a standard, then they, you know, kind of, gra- you know, they came, we came out of the depression and all that stuff, you know, allegedly all that. Yeah, well, just, it was all contrived and fabricated. And then the conditions and the perceptions of people were changed where it was like uh, to where they came better, more conditioned working slaves. Because they're getting a little bit too big for our britches there with like all the prosperity and stuff relative to the, you know, the, 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 the crushing, soul crushing conditions of the Industrial Revolution when it was starting to come up. And then once it started getting rolling and then like, you know with the division of labor and mass production and stuff like that, where you can just like crank out, you know, 10,000 pairs of shoes in a week. And then it was like the factory workers though, couldn't afford to buy the shoes that they were making and stuff like that. But, you know, it, but eventually got to the point where there's such a, a a glut of production. And it's like, everybody sort of, you know, 
getting, you know, relatively more prosperous. And then, you know, they have to like, and they do this every 30 years. They throttle back. They've shut everything down. They, they create a recession. Usually they call it now a recession. And they get everybody scared shitless and they, you know, then, you know, you come out at the other end working more for less money. And now you got people, you know, then that process is rinsed and repeated until we got the conditions in 2015 where it is common to hear about people like, yeah, I got to go to my second job. Oh, yeah. Well, you have another job. Yeah, I work weekends and I work 40 hours a week and I work weekends. And uh, yeah, my wife works, too. So now the women are in the workforce and stuff like that. Horrible. And that's all come about through these boom bus cycles where, you know, it's just this conditioning. It's like always kept in a state of fear about your future economically and stuff. But, you know, yeah, if you like that, if you think that's great and, you know, you don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Keep the money system because you're always going to have that in some form or another a manipulation of the of the currency to serve the people who control it. It's it's a it's a immensely powerful tool, and and it's immensely powerful belief because at its core, look at it as at its core, it's that you take your production, what you can produce as an individual, like out of your you know whatever you can do, you know you 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 carve, uh, um, you make uh, a fl- you you're one of those guys that can carve flutes out of uh, balsa wood, you know, and sell them and stuff like that. However many of those you can create, and however many your production, how many of those can do, or how much how much fruits and vegetables you can grow on your land or whatever like that. And then um, you know that that's X amount of of product. And then you you create a middleman to deal with that. You know, you have this institution. That is this redistribution system. That's the middleman between your production and the the consumer. And once once you have that that set of circumstances set up, you have the conditions for just an endless array of scams, which is what you see today. Like everything you look at, charity organizations, uh, corporations that, um, you know, are constantly looking for ways to, to cheapen the, their product to make it more profitable and uh, all of this stuff. You know, it's like it, it's a form of like cheating the customer in order to maximize your profit so you can make more money and you can like you can get your um, it's always this kind of uh, positioning to get your uh, your customer to accept less for more. That's the game. That's the money, obviously. And we're well, seeing I, that now think, with the type the of products illust- we can buy. I think the best illustration of that is um, something like McDonald's, where, you know, like you know that everything you're eating, and, and, and it's, it's, it's the most apt, you know, you're eating, you're feeding this shit to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's everything that you're eating is like, you know, uh, 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 cost. Uh, uh, analyzed, right? They have found the cheapest possible way to provide you with the uh, the, the, the the minimal accepted value okay. of food, and 
And then, and then what they do is, you know, they spend a lot of money on this image campaign, right? So you're basically, you're eating this image with no substance. And everybody sees that, but people, you know, are, are just kind of addicted to the image and they don't really care. And, 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 you know, like, and, you know, you know, you, you see these, you know, like McDonald's is that, and I mean, I'm just saying that that's probably the, that's the best metaphor for the situation you're, you're talking about. And, uh, uh, and it's just out of control and nobody, you know, really even rich people, uh, you know, would like to have a, a you know, like a reasonable, uh, place to eat. Uh, but you know, because of the, you know, the reach of places like, like McDonald's, it's like they push, you know, any possibility of that out and, uh, and, and you're just left with, uh, you know, um, Ah, those words uh, I can't really get to now. But yeah, well, I know, I know what you're getting at. Right, right. Yeah, it's like always trying to maximize profit. You know, they're always trying to maximize. Pro- how do we shave off? You know, a little bit you know, here and there, and we could cut back here and there to make. You know, it's, it's called maximizing profit. That's that's their the corporate goal. But you know, in the system, though, not everybody does that. You know, you you got all the you. There's all these different exceptions to that rule. You know, where there are companies that put out decent products and they're, you know, that is a good value for your money. And, um, and you'll see this a lot. Like you, you see these up and coming companies coming up on the scene and then they have like a really good deal. They say, Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And then as they, as they get, I think eBay is a good example of this. Like when eBay came out, you could sell stuff on there. And as it became a bigger and bigger marketplace, um, you know, it became more and more valuable as a service and um, an individual could make a living off selling stuff on eBay. Well, as this corporation grows and grows, its interest is, okay, their main goal is to maximize profit. In other words, they're trying to get the users of eBay to accept um to accept less service for more more money, so their fees keep going up. They're low, and then they bought PayPal, and then they charge you an a- additional fee for PayPal. And that's all perception management. People don't see it as two uh, the same company charging you um, an additional fee for the same process, you know, of selling an item or something like that. Mm-hmm. But but I'm telling you, like they they take a a good chunk of your um, profits when you try to you know, set up a little business on eBay and like people are complaining about it, stuff like that. But, you know, you can make the argument that, you know, it's more valuable because it's bigger and more people, you have more of a chance of selling your, your uh, service or your product or whatever you're doing. But, you know, at the, uh, on the other side, you got people who's, who have, you know, you know spent all this time and all this effort building up a, 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 a profitable business on eBay and then eBay uh, changes their policies and makes it harder for them to do their business. And it's like they don't have anywhere else to go, and they have to accept a lower standard of living They have because they have no choice. And that's the leverage mm-hmm. that is always going to be out of balance in the money system because you separated your money, your production and your consumption to the point where you can point out to these people that like – and that I'm not, you know – advocating class warfare, but you have to look at how do certain people end up with multiple billions, you know, like a a Bill Gates character, you know, these are just 
front men and characters. But, you know, the, you, there are a lot of actual wealthy people out there in the system, right, that, you know, are supposedly self-made men or whatever. It doesn't matter what they did. You, If you get to the point where you have multiple millions and somebody said, well, they earn it, they deserve it, they like that. Okay, how would that even be remotely possible if your production and your consumption are tied together in a realistic manner? No, it wouldn't be possible. But in the money system, it is possible because it is a more sophisticated form of slavery is what it is. That's how you end up with all these people out there or the majority, the bulk of the populace is making, uh, you know, close to subsistence uh, level wages, you know, enough to like feed themselves, the house, the get a housing. And then I've made the point too, like minimum wage will provide you a sustenance level income. And that has to be part of a, of of a control grid system that is controlled on every aspect is controlled because like your rent turns out to be a certain amount and your bills just happen to turn out to a certain amount to the point where Mm -hmm. you only have like only like a a very you have enough to cover that stuff with a minimum wage and then a little bit over left over for maybe some uh, entertainment a movie or something here and there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. But how, isn't that funny though, how that just happens to work out that way, the average rent and the average bill and the average, the average, you know, grocery bills and stuff like that, that the average persons have, it just so happens to work out where minimum wage just covers it and not much more. That's you're living in a, well, I a mean, tightly be, controlled system. There's got to be some kind of, uh, you know, like uh, uh, a financial engineer, social engineer that's, uh, you know, like yeah. got their, their um, you know, hands on that. So, you know, like it's not that yeah, difficult. Coordinated. To, you know. Uh, uh, it's all coordinated at the right. top, obviously. You know, you have Walmart. And, but, okay, but so they. Is, go ahead. Well, my point is, I'm that, just gonna that, say, you know, like, like it's just a, <laughs> it's just a shame. I think that, there's a delay that, here. You know, that's okay, okay, like, just talking about this is one thing, but it's just like, just those people who are at, you know, like, find themselves at that bottom rung, like, for instance, working at Walmart. Um, you know, it, it just seems like it could be a lot better for them. That's all, and and. And it's just a very difficult life for them. But maybe that's just a, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, maybe the, you, there has to be a certain amount of suffering in the world. I, I, I don't know exactly how that works, to tell you the truth. I, I, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's this, uh, you know, I might be a, accused of this, like romanticizing the primitive or something like that, you know, because you know, you have this, people come back at you with this, like, oh yeah, well, you know, they lived uh, brutal, savage lives and their lives were short and they had, you know, constant tribal warfare. And, you know, uh, it's like, well, okay. So you say that, I don't know. I wasn't there. Okay. My question would be, if you're living, you're, you're, you're gaining your sustenance out of nature and uh, like there's these tremendous herds of buffalo 
that that you know they say existed, which I I believe did exist. Uh, that's a lot of meat running around. What are you fighting over? What are, what were they fighting over then? Are they fighting? Are there? I mean, it seems like there's plenty of big lakes full of water, plenty of streams. I mean, plenty. I mean, plenty. You know, like what? Right. When the when right. the American Indians are, what did they? What did they generally fight over? I'm sure there was war. I'm sure there was fighting. But was it as an? Okay. Was it constant? Was like you know? Was it they always? I don't. I don't think so. Because you have to ask, like, well, what the hell were they fighting over constantly like that? If they had everything they needed and that that how that their lives were built around you know uh, getting their sustenance from you know nat- their surroundings and hunting ga- hunting and gathering and all that, you know what would be all the warfare centered around. We know what it is in the modern day. It's like they they concoct, um, you know, a false flag or whatever you want to call it, you know, a fabricated event, and then uh, pump everybody's heads full of it in the media and then beat the war drums. And then, like, uh, we end up sending a bunch of people to occupy a foreign country, and it never stops. They stay there. They live there. Whatever they're doing, killing civilians and all that, I believe is happening. And I believe that that stuff is going on and there's people getting killed and people's, you know, lives being, they come back over here just ruined, you know, and uh, it goes on and on and on and on, never stops. I think a tribal war would kind of take a break at some point, but like modern war and the civilization never ends. It's perpetual, never stops. So, I mean, what is it, what is it worth to get rid of that? I'd gladly get rid of money to get rid of that. That's absolutely absurd. The, the endless perpetual war that's always continually going on all the time. You know, civilization is like that well, we call think, it and we dare call it civilization. I think what's happened now is that because of the mechanization of war that um, I always talk about Vietnam, but Vietnam was the, the end of that kind of uh, uh, mass-produced warfare for exactly the reasons you're talking about. It, it, it all of a sudden became a, a cruel uh, uh, absurdity um, to have such a war. And it seems to me that, and now, of course, we do have, you know, like, like you, you know, the empire has its uh, mercenaries, and uh, uh, but they're not as it's not something that most of us really have to uh, concern ourselves with too much. I mean, and there's nothing you know. I don't feel at all empowered to you know uh, uh, as a voter for sure to say, well, I don't really think our troops should be in Afghanistan. I mean, that's, they're just gonna you know the mob's gonna do what the mob wants to do, and uh, uh, I'm not really a part of that. Thank God. Um, but what I, 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 I am feeling more and more is that that warfare has, uh, uh, gone more into, uh, some kind of weird, um, mental realm, uh, you know, as the 20th century, uh, uh, progressed and, and that there, there was some kind of warfare taking place, um, 
it, it's I want to say like some kind of like a you know secret. I, I it's hard to you know like uh, 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 I, I'm going into an area that I'm you know haven't really thought through that much, but I'm just saying that that's uh, that's my feeling. So that it relates to things like uh, 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 you know like labor and uh, 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 sex and uh, uh, mental health and, and, and those kinds of things. But now I'm just going off of this stuff that I haven't even thought towards. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we talk about this a lot on uh, these calls. Is the, uh, is the the media, you know, and how the stuff that's presented to us, you know, as being these true events and, and stuff to be afraid of are um, – know fabricated and there and it's and it and you know there's this um and so you start looking into this stuff and you see that there's this continuum between our so-called entertainment industry and then the so-called news and information uh industries and then like well that's what i I mean like that's for you and you know fakeologists are really that's like one of like your main planks there is that that's just the just the way things are and you know like regardless of like whatever is going to be the final solution at least i think that's a good starting point right now at least as a society we can recognize that the news is entertainment and something really funky is going on with all this stuff that we're being told in in the news so I, yeah okay but but in the uh yeah, to make a point about that, it's like, okay, in, in the system or in within, you know, so-called civilization, which, you know, the United States is is supposedly the uh, pinnacle of civilization, you know, the greatest country that ever, you know, existed and all, you know, countries are fictions and all this. Stuff. They're just contrivances that are, are built on nothing. I think that's, and that's a point I want to get across. So, it shouldn't be surprising that the all the 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 narratives or your history or your mythology stuff, you know, uh, your your backstory, if you want to call that, or the narrative that um, that that also would be you know fabricated. Naturally, it would be fabricated, and um, so that the so that the, the the people who run the show or or keep civilization, you know, intact. It, that is a that is a vital part of doing that is you know uh, regulating the, the 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 population or the herd to regulate their perceptions so that they don't get any ideas of their own you know you, you can't have that so you want to keep them you know afraid naturally unthinking naturally and you know their nose to the grindstone and you know uh and not really, not only questioning what they're fed in the news media, but not don't question the basic premises of of uh, the so-called authority or anything else. So it's like, so that's that's why you know, I don't think it does really much good to just concentrate on one little facet of the whole uh, system, like fakery. Like, what is to me that's not that's not really useful. It's like okay, so you got you got to you got to take that idea or that concept and put it in a larger context because why? I mean, why do you want to just go through the rest of your life trying to like pick through 
footage and trying to figure out whether or not it's CGI or something like that. That to me seems pointless, but putting it, putting it in a larger context seems useful to me. And then, you know, like you gotta, you gotta like, and then it also gives you the explanatory power of how to like, you know, maybe get this idea across to, to be able to understand it. Like, why is it that, um, you know, it, it, it is, uh, fact that we're subject to these um false stories these concocted uh made up uh events that then then from you know cascades out of that like all of these you know uh so-called laws regulations uh new ways of doing things you know we need to put cameras everywhere we need to have security at airports we need you to um submit to uh uh, you know, check, you know, getting up in your business and stuff like that. And then people do because they buy into the whole narrative of why that is justified. But, you know, you can't isolate that. Like you can't just look at nine 11 and say, Oh, that's what kicked all of this off prior to that. Everything was cool and legit, but you know, the, 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 no, it's like that. That's nonsense. It's like, this is always, been going on and then you got to look you got to step back and look and and say this is like a a vital part of uh this thing called civilization it's it's important in holding it together that's why when i go into this stuff and i'm talking about it i'm like i'm trying to like um you know analyze like okay something like the money system or something like the government or something like that it's it's that you got to really stop and ask yourself those questions because if you like this money system, if you think there's no problem with it, it just needs, you know, a little adjustment and tweaking and, you know, we need to get Rand Paul in there, somebody that can straighten everything out and the government <laughs> and everything's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. If we can do that, everything will be cool. If you believe that, then man, don't ignore the fakery stuff. Cause you ain't got no business talking about it. Cause, cause people who, it, cause what you're doing with, you know, exposing the fakery and stuff is you're you're striking at the root of the whole legitimacy of this thing called civilization. You know, it's like if if that's if that's not legitimate, like the media and the and the whole narrative and stuff like that is not legitimate, then like, you know, that there's gonna be problems with the the system because it's 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 obviously uh, not valid. It's, it's, it's invalid. It's a, it's a fraudulent system and there's no reason to, to, uh, be subject to it, you know, to, to take authority seriously or anything like that. Cause it's, it's, it's based on lies, you know, it's based on this, these fabricated, uh, so, okay, so, fictional stories. Okay. So then always has been. Are, are you saying that, okay. So what do you think, what, and, and this is this is actually kind of an interesting because I you know like I am kind of I've been involved with the uh, you know whatever trade movements of various sorts so, uh, like let's say that what do you think the consequences would be then if the general public were to um, accept that uh, you know nine eleven was uh, 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 you know perpetrated by elements within the the U.S. government. I mean, uh, part of the reason I bring that up is that, you know, kind of the first, the first thing that comes off my list is, is uh, 
nothing. Everybody would just be like, okay, well, and, you know, like as long as I can eat, I don't really see, you know, what difference would anything, I, you know, just starts to get to that point. It's like, well, what difference does anything make? You know, like even if I was the, you know, like, a, you know, to show, you know, completely, you know, like that this is, I mean, the one, you know, we've talked about this before. It's like, the, you know, the one thing that, that, you know, like I feel like is most impactful on my actual life is this medical stuff. And yeah, I would like to say, well, you know, like obviously, okay, now we can, now we can, you know, like dispense with the the aid tests and the vaccinations. But you know, like in terms of like, well, the whole government is a sham, and they've been lying to us for the last two hundred years. I, I don't, I don't see that. You know, like, I, so what? We're gonna change government, and then, and, and then that government that that, that that comes in next is gonna be better. No, they're gonna do the same thing. You would too. If somebody made you, you know, you you would too. You try, try, you know, like like it's a deadly game. Hey, Chris. Hey, Rochelle. What's going on? How's it going? Hey, yeah, I was, I've been listening. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say that, just like he was saying, that's what um, he was saying. What difference does it make at all? One day, me and my father. And, um, you know, an uncle of mine, they were just going around the room and they just asked us, you know, what do you think the number one problem in the world is today? And the answer that I gave was apathy. And the reason I say that is because basically just just as he's saying that, you know, and, and you've mentioned this, too, just like the law, you show someone the law, the police officers or the judge, if they don't care you know, if nobody cares about what you're showing them, whether it's truth or not, then it, it makes absolutely no difference, you know? So this narcissistic, uh. apathetic uh, social society that they've got going really works against you. I mean, people have to care. Like, that's the number one yeah. step, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. It's like they have to, you know, talking to people that are, you know, they identify themselves as government, you would think right that they they're sort of like have this ideology that they're kind of that kind of motivates them and then so you you bring up something that, you know that's factual like okay you know here's like in the case where i called the uh sacramento police department and i was like okay why you know why are these police arresting somebody for something that's not against the law and then like you have the uh, the establishment or the police department um not arresting those cops for kidnapping because like what else are they doing and then you can't claim ignorance because that's not an excuse for anybody in the system right it never is they obviously know that that's not against the law but they do it anyway but you know but you know what my point and all that was to to point out that you know and that was that that big that was really clear and that discussion with that guy on the phone I, he, I think he was a cop and it was really it really came across to me really plain that he didn't really care that wasn't important to him what was important to him was that you know and, and that is always the the primary thing is that you recognize this abstraction called authority like government authority that's what's important it's like clearly the law is that that's secondary and with the cops too like they they have become self-deluded you know and that's i think that's part of the ego centrism that that's prevalent it's like they enjoy this status and that's all they care about is like i have this special designation as a cop 
That's all I know. I like kicking people around. I like kicking people's ass. I like to get away with it. It makes me feel good. Fuck the law. Yeah, it's it's nice that this concept of the law gives me this authority. I don't give a shit about it. And plus, I'm not, and you'll hear this too from him, I'm not paid to be an attorney. I'm paid to be a cop. And I'll kick your ass if you don't like it. That's that's what comes across to me plain as day. And it, yeah, it's that is that attitude is based primarily on ego. It's like, I don't give a fuck about nothing except for what makes me happy. And it sure as fuck ain't the law. I don't care about this thing called law. It's just some, it's not important to me, obviously. And that's what comes across talking to these cops. It's like, what's in, what was important? Like in the instance where I call them, it's like, okay, why did you electrocute that guy that for jaywalking, you pulled out a taser, start tasering him. Like he didn't like you demanded ID from him. And he's like, no, I didn't do anything. Leave me alone. And you taser him. Cause he was jaywalking. I said, that's, that's ridiculous. You, you know, he was, he was carrying concealed and that could have escalated into a shootout bystanders, children, people, cause he got killed over a guy jaywalking and, you know, uh, and his, and, and like his attitude was like, you know, the guy didn't comply with an order. So folks got to die. If they don't, if they don't follow orders, that's, that's <laughs> what it came down to. It's like, that's yeah. Listen to that call. Listen to that guy, how psychotic he is. He's clearly psycho. Like he, like, you know, you could, you're, I was trying to make an appeal to reason. It's like, like, what did he do to potentially escalate that into lethality where people are getting like walking down the road, trying to go in there and get a quart of milk and get shot in the fucking face. By by goddamn uh, crazy cowboy cop shooting a guy, trying to shoot at a guy because he saw a gun in his belt, and and they were trying to like harass him for jaywalking. And it's and it's totally legal to carry a gun, by the way. You anybody can carry a gun. Why can't you carry a gun? But you know, he had a license and everything for it. But it, it wouldn't have mattered if they would have saw it. They probably would have blew his head smooth off. And then you know, but you know, over jaywalking, you know, it's like. But clearly they don't care. It's like that, that what was important to them is like the guy didn't immediately uh, soil himself and then fall down at, at their feet and like, you know, produce ID or whatever they, whatever order that they barked at him. That's what was important. Clearly that's what was important to that guy. And I said, yeah, you don't see anything wrong with that situation. I mean, you don't see escalating that to a, a violent uh, confrontation. You don't think that's, you think that's acceptable? And like, he was like, well, that happened last year. And I, I don't think that's real. Nobody's talking about that anymore. And it's like, in other words, you don't give a shit. In other words, like what was important to the cop was, and it's always that. And I think this is most of them. This is the primary thing is that their ego doesn't get bruised. And that's like, that's crazy. That is just crazy. It's like, that's what people care about. They, they get paid and they know that they're not going to lose their job if they violate, you know, somebody's so-called rights. But it's basically just being a thug is basically what they were doing, you know, and it was because they could. It's just uh, just open aggression against the guy. And did they get in trouble? No. No. 
just totally out of line, totally out of bounds, totally blew the whole thing out of proportion, totally, you know, potentially escalated it to a, to a, you know, a lethal uh, confrontation and all this other bull crap just because the guy was uh, jaywalking, whatever that is. He did, did, Does that mean he walked it out in front of a moving vehicle? Probably not. He just was outside of that paint. And that is just absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, people accept that, you know, because they they don't they don't care, you know, what the law, they, they, they see that as legitimate. Like, yeah, well, why don't you just give them an ID when they ask for it? It's like, well, back to what I was saying, was saying earlier, you're telling me that I need a going outside license now and that's acceptable. That's acceptable. I need to have a license to produce to these so-called authorities just to set foot out my house and walk around on the block and go to the corner store. I need to have a license to do that because if they bark an order at me and I don't have that, I can't generate that piece of plastic. What are they? So they have a right to shoot me or do they, what is it now? What, what does it come down to? How far does this authority get to go? I guess we're going to find out. But yeah. Unless we, unless everybody kind of decides they don't want to, you know, and they want to stand up to this, it's not necessarily the cops, but everybody that has this brain fever of this concept of this, you know, unbridled authority that has no basis and has no, no, ba- no evidence for it to exist or anything. It's just, and then it, you know, it, it's, it's ostensibly based on this concept of law. And then you get you get into conversations with these so-called authorities, and they clearly don't give a shit about law. So what is it then? It's just it's just a belief in the uh, yeah yeah it's what it is it's just some belief system dangerous too it's very dangerous. I certainly would like to see a lot more people. I mean, I think that's basically what you know just this this questioning uh, uh, attitude. But uh, uh, I I think that's kind of um, I, you know like and I think that was more prevalent. Uh, in the age before mass media, and uh, I think that in a lot of ways that non-questioning uh, attitude is, uh, you know, inculcated uh, very consciously from uh, a, a young age and, and over as wide a, a swath, swathe, however you say that, of society as possible. I, I was just, I don't watch TV, Um uh, but uh, I think I mentioned, except, you know, like I, I just, I'm just struck now. Like, I think I was telling you uh, a couple of shows ago about uh, uh, The View uh, and just like, you know, these are just like random snippets that I see. And today I was in a, in a restaurant and uh, happened to see, uh, I think it was on uh, A&E Network. And, uh, you know, it's just these shows about, uh, um Murder, right? Like real life murder stories. And okay, I I don't have anything particularly against that, but you know, I just saw it from the point of view of the guy working there who that's what he's, you know, his, when he says watch TV, he kind of naturally gravitates towards this kind of poison. And, you know, it's one thing for me to watch that, like, you know, whatever, it's a 15 minutes, I'm done, but. Mm 
you know, like it, it all, all, what all that does is it, you know, just, you know, basically reinforces, you know, a lot of the, you know, in message of that is, you know, like it reinforces that, uh, you know, like non-questioning of, uh, of uh, uh, the authority of the law. That's what the majority of uh, so-called entertainment does. It, it's it's there, and that's why there you see, see so many cop dramas and and uh, lawyer dramas and stuff on television it, and, and doctor dramas and all that nonsense. Is that you know it the right. system is based on lies, so it it needs constant continual maintenance, and that's how it's continually propped up is through this uh, mass media. You know, you need to, you know, with a lie, you constantly need to, you know, um, continually prop it up and prop it up and prop it up. It's like, you know, it's like an old, like an old Western movie set, you know, where all the stores and everything in the town are false fronts. And then you get like a, a windstorm coming through and that keeps knocking this crap over if you don't keep back there and reinforcing it with two by fours or whatever. That's what the system is. It's like it needs constant maintenance. To prop it up. That's why they want to get us into the brain chip. So, you know, it's it's an upgrade to the system and it's more efficiency, you know, so that we don't have any kind of, you know, way to access our, you know, a higher functioning thoughts or anything like that. You know, it's just it's all cut off through, you know, electronically. And um, but, you know, like what I was saying, what I, I wanted to make a point. I kind of I got a little bit sidetracked about you know, why talk about, you know, why deal, you know, exclusively with just something like a subject of fakery, which is like one kind of little facet within the whole bigger, you know, larger system at large, you know, if you give that some thought, like, okay, and you want to get a view of the bigger picture, like how how does this stuff is allowed to go on? Like how do they do a nine eleven? And it was like the whole thing was a complete uh, Hollywood style production. And um, how can that even happen? Like it it seems like a, a sort of preposterous or like an absurd idea until you understand that you know you live in a totally artificially constructed. Uh, um, uh, civilization is a completely artificial uh, construct. The whole thing is like the, the, I think the matrix analogy is a good, pretty good analogy for this concept of civilization. It's all based on these uh, constructs and abstractions that are, are, are these uh, are just ideas, belief systems that are, that all are propped up to reinforce each other, you know, and um, the courts, are part of it. The f- putting some fake bullshit production on TV and selling it as a real event is not against the law. That's not a prosecutable offense. People don't understand That's that. Right. That's you can't go to jail for that. What? Who's going to put you in jail? I made a. I'm. I'm going to do something with this where I made a. I made a call and re- I recorded it. I made a call to the FCC. Which that maybe somebody can correct me on that, but I think the FCC, if any governing institution would be in charge of the the mass media, probably would be the FCC because aren't they the same people that tell you you can't cuss and all that on radio and all that? So like, I asked them. <laughs> they have that yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're the they're they're big daddy when it comes to the like they they spank Howard Stern's butt you know, like when he says something wrong and you know the FCC come and got him you know. 
Like, okay, FCC, mm-hmm. like, what do you, I, I asked them point blank. I said, what do you, what do you guys do? Like, uh, if a new news organization was to, um, put out a completely fabricated story and, you know, put it across as if it was real, like, what, what do you guys do in that, those instances? And she basically told me that, um, we would have to look at it, and if we determine that, um, you know, it there was evidence that it caused like, uh, uh, like people heard it and it caused a panic and caused uh, injury or death or something because of people's reaction to that news story. If that can be demonstrated, that's the cri- that's the legal criteria. If that can be ne- demonstrated then they would take action. Otherwise, it's not, it's none of their concern. Isn't that something? Yeah, I thought that was something. Were, yeah, no, no. I've, I, I, I've heard people say point blank in podcasts that, that uh, uh, there is no law that says you have to tell the truth. And and I think there, no. there, there was some court case with Fox News that they, that they were, you know, like basically caught not telling the truth and it came to a court case and it just came. It's like, well, we're, you know, we don't have to do that. So. Yeah, I have that in my notes. I'll put that in the chat. I don't even think that that's reasonable for people to assume that that would be the case in any situation because the truth is so, what would you call that? Um, I guess it's, it's, it's personalized to every, every individual, basically everybody has their own truth, you know? So you can't, you can't really pin down and say what somebody is saying or what's, what their, what story they're coming out is true or not. Like maybe they see, I mean, I know there's extremes, but you know, there's, there's a reasonable, um, you, you can reasonably deny that, you know what I mean? You were telling the truth to your own knowledge. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too about the law. I mean, you have to prove intent. Yeah. That's that's a a long way to go. We didn't know. You're right. And so, and then if somebody knew that that was the case, you could easily hide your intent for, you know what I mean? You could make a good case. And so just, just for people to assume that the media has to tell the truth, I don't I mean, does anybody really believe that? Because that doesn't even sound reasonable. No, yeah, they don't. I, think I, mean, they well, I, I don't know if they believe it or not, but a lot of people believe the media is telling the truth. That, that I think is yeah. true. Okay. But yeah. I don't no, there's but the but the but it, it, there is no practical uh, repercussions um, if if they decide to um, go and uh, just just totally fabricate a story and put it out there. I mean, there's no legal repercussions for that at all, according to the law. Yeah. None. So yeah. that that yeah. And so, I don't think people do I mean, understand that. That's that's part of that's part of civilization. That's what that's you know that's that's why you know go into the courts, go into the law, go into all this stuff because you know because then you know you could go into fakery and say, oh well, so what do we do? Oh well, you know, vote for Rand Paul or you know because I've heard people say that so we can get some real accountability in government and we can do something about it. It's like wow, you know, there are people actually that. Do that. They talk fakery and then they talk that nonsense. 
if if people expect the media to be telling the truth and they really think that that's happening, and they and they probably don't believe that there is any law that makes them tell the truth, I think that they must be thinking that that the media that there's separate entities within like the media and it's not organized and it's not just one huge entity. And so they think that they'll probably that, Oh, if this, if this news source lied on this, it would come out in this news source. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like, they wouldn't get away with it because they're all checking and balancing. Somebody's checking on that. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that that's, right, that's the myth. That is the myth that there's somebody yeah. that, that right. would be. Yeah. 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 They wouldn't even be able to name who that was, but they would just assume that that was the case. Assumptions are a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are under the, but the the key to it is perception. Like, what is the average person's perception? And then, and, you know, I think the the a common perception would be that if you set about to make up a story and put it on the news and present it on re, as real, then there would somehow be some repercussions for it. Like, 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 like the Brian Williams thing. Like the idea is that oh yeah, you can get in trouble for doing that, but no, not really. There's no there's no obligation for them to tell you the truth about anything. They're they're in it. They they probably are legally classified as the same kind of class legal classification as uh you know any, any entertainment thing would be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, and I guess they Southern would, they California would get that on the line here. I don't know if anybody's there. I don't hear anybody. Oh, I was just going to say real quick that they probably get they probably are defining themselves as an entertainment business just simply because and because um, that probably would be like one of the requirements is to mix in entertainment news with so quote unquote, I don't know, current news events. You know what I'm saying? And so they do that. And then like they're they there you go. Like they're entertainment. That's what they're that's what their job is. That's why it's Fox Entertainment. <laughs> Yeah, isn't it called Fox Entertainment? Yeah, they're just doing I, I their job. They're doing what they got paid to do. Just doing my mm-hmm. job. Doing my job. Entertaining. Yep, 20th Century Fox. It's as old as Hollywood beginning. Oh yeah, good to hear you, John. I was about ready to wrap it up here. Got about three hours. I kind of limited it that, but uh, well, you got you got fifteen come minutes. Yeah. Well, let's see what time is it. Yeah, I got fifteen minutes. Sure. But I mean, just cuddle. I don't do five-hour calls anymore. Is what I'm saying. Anymore? Yeah. You getting old, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's. It's kind of I get I get feedback nah, too that people don't people don't do five hour call I mean the people don't listen to it anyway I got I've, I've picked oh, that really? up because like yeah something like we'll be talking about something and you know it, it and it comes toward the end of the call and then like uh, I, I'll say oh yeah I was talking about that last call you know here like no I don't I didn't hear that it's like oh yeah okay I remembered it was at the end of the call and nobody I guess listens to the end <laughs> of the call. So. They don't stick through it that far, so Ugh. if nobody's going to be listening to it, there's no reason to do it. So, so I, I like it if you did eight hour calls, eight hour calls, uh, five days a week. That'd be good for me. Wow, uh, you, you can listen at work. <laughs> wow, there's no, I don't I don't have I don't have anything else to listen to. You know, I don't listen to anything else. I don't listen to music. I don't you know. And, uh, 
So, I mean, I don't, yeah, it's kind of hard. But um, but I was going to say something about, you are talking about these uh, reality, not reality TV, but, but to cop entertainment shows and stuff like that and how it's always pushing the, it's always pushing the uh, reinforcement agenda. Um, there's a show called Forensic Files. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. It's been out there a while, but uh, just watching that, like recently or online, just trying to watch a couple episodes, it uh, seems like they're really pushing the DNA and like the forensic you know, right? Basically, Police magic. They real. We're yeah, gonna, we, we got some special magic, and you better yeah. watch out. It, it works every time. Yeah. And 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 like, oh boy, you need us. It took twenty years, and then now we have DNA, and it caught the sucker. And like, thank God for this, and thank God for that, and thank God for the FBI, and thank God for it. it's so bad. It's like so obvious too. It's like really blatant. Um, and so it makes me wonder if if if. A lot of those um, episodes, I mean, I'm, I know people get murdered, you know what I'm saying? But I wonder about, I wonder if they slip in a couple fake cases here and there, you know? The very first episode of Forensic Files, I think it was probably like somewhere in the 90s, but the very first episode has um, Dr. Carver from uh, Connecticut in it. And um, it's called, the girl that got murdered, her name is called Helicraft or whatever. That's, you know. The disappearance of Helicraft. That's that was her. That's the name of the episode. And I guess Helicraft was a was a flight attendant too. I don't know. So, you know, that's the very first episode. That's how they, um, you know, advertise forensic files. Uh, so I, I just wonder if, if, you know, what I mean, a lot of the stuff is fake, and and it's pretty obvious, especially watching that show, that they're pushing. They're trying to reinforce their authority, and uh, all the little special tools that they have. <laughs> Well, one of the one of the TV shows I'd like to see is uh, uh, the, the Innocence Project. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, with uh, Barry Sheck, where they use DNA to uh, 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 exonerate people who've been uh, falsely imprisoned sometimes for very significant uh, amounts of time. And that would make you go to their website. It looks pretty professional. It looks halfway like a TV show already. And uh, uh, that would make great TV, but that somehow never seems to make it on there. Barry Sheck was one of OJ's uh, lawyers. Well, that's right. That's right. He was, he was an OJ lawyer. That's right. That's right. And he, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how people feel about that case. If that is real or. Uh, or uh, I mean, it's like one of those things uh, in this community that sometimes people uh, uh, argue about. But uh, uh, he did present himself well in the uh, OJ case. So uh, at least he seems to have used his fame for uh, some kind of uh, good cause or seems that way. Yeah, I think OJ was fake. You think the whole thing was fake? Whole thing was fake? To, yeah, to an extent, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, so for you, it's not even a matter of, of did he do it or not? No. We, we talked, I think we, me and Chris and Sean had a talk about this a couple of months ago. Uh, I, I've seen it come up. I, I might have listened to that exact program. I, I saw some program on this. Uh, maybe it was here, maybe it was somebody else, somewhere else. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, they didn't even have the original the original uh, forensics guy testify at the court. Okay. Okay. It's been a while since I've looked at the details of it. So. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. And then uh, I read an article on uh, from Vanity Fair where it was talking about the six degrees of OJ and how all reality television was spawned literally. Right. Like, what's her name on court TV? Gretchen? What's her name? I can't, uh, yeah, yeah. Weird yeah. looking, weird face lady. Yeah, she's got a weird face. What, what's her name? Um, I don't yeah. know. I've never seen court TV. I just know that the Kardashians are hooked in with OJ. Um, because their dad was one of his buddies. Okay, I didn't know that. And, oh, yeah, he was the one who was reading O.J.'s letter on TV right when O.J. was rolling down the highway in the, in the white Bronco. Oh, wow. What was his name? Uh, was it uh, there was a football player in the car with him, wasn't there? Oh, what's his name? Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, who was that guy? His friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. AC Cowlings. AC. AC Cowlings. Yeah. 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 Well, oh. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then there's then there's Bruce Jenner. <laughs> He's. How did he get? I, I saw that article. He's he's somehow affiliated with the Kardashians. How is he even associated with Kardashians? I don't get that. He he he's married to the mom. He's married to the Kardashians' mom. He, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and no, he's and, a tranny now, and, and he's dressing up. He's going through. Uh, I guess surgery to become like a, well, you don't become a woman. You just get your junk cut off. That's all that's happening. Like all this bullshit about, oh, he's you're a kidding. female. No. Well, that's you're, you're what they're her. saying on the media. Like Bruce Jenner is going, he's, he's transsexual now. He's transsexual, oh but he's dating, he's dating his ex-wife's best friend, which female. Who's it? That's, that's just right. yeah. what, what I was. What I could, what I couldn't articulate through the email was that you're going to explain that to you me. You can right? be a transsexual. Okay, you could be a transsexual and not be gay. You could be transsexual <laughs> and not be gay. <laughs> no. I, see, that's news to me, man. I didn't know that. How the hell? Yeah, see, okay, so you're. See, see that's why I asked you. I said, so you okay, can look. be a transsexual and not be gay. So you're. Uh, so I. So you can be like, oh, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. So so I guess he's a a woman. His woman that's inside of his body is a lesbian, right? So you could be right. a transsexual exactly. male that has a a woman inside a man's body uh, that's a lesbian. But let's say I want to look masculine because I want to attract women because I got a lesbian. I'm a lesbian. That's I've heard people joke about that, but I, I didn't crazy. know that. 
Yeah, I didn't know that that was trying to get. They, they're trying to get this cross as an actual thing. That's what I don't. I don't it's yeah, crazy. no, they take it's it, absolutely. People crazy. take it seriously. There's also there's also a male or or women too. There's male and women transvestites who like, you know, like if, let's say Chris, he's a man, he likes women, but he just likes to wear women's clothes and dress up like a woman. That's cross dressing, right? That's but isn't Well, you can do whatever you want, Chris. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I will It's it's fur line but underwear. The, it's, not, the it's not That's a tran a trans a transvestite is just somebody who dresses up like the opposite sex. Okay. That's a transvestite. A transsexual is someone who gets a sex change. So Bruce Jenner is like a transvestite. No, he's not a transsexual. Sexual. Okay, I'm I'm totally confused no, he, on this. He, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay, he's, he's going to get his. He's going to. He wants to get his junk cut off. Is his parts? His penis? Yeah. Is that oh, what he's talking about? Now here, here, here's the thing. This, this was the point I was trying to make too. Is and, and my wife, my wife. Uh, pointed this out she, you know she thinks that he's only doing this like for the reality tv show duh i didn't even know they had a reality tv show yeah that's what i was gonna say it sounds like total advertisement and entertainment basically yeah yeah and so Especially why so, so what you do is because 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 you want to push this tranny anti-male type thing right you've got the perfect candidate for it okay Perfect candidate to give you a an example of the total destruction of the male. You got the all-American Olympic star, the athlete, the man's man of a previous era. Uh-huh. He's it's like now, an archetype that's imprinted into people's minds. Yeah, and and he has been reduced to a an insignificant henpecked. Um, you know, like the butt of the jokes on the television show, and to now, to now he is just, you know, getting his male genitalia removed and becoming a woman because that's what it's come to, right? It does, it does is, seem is like it, you know, I was talking about a certain kind of like psychological warfare that's replaced, like uh, you know, uh, physical warfare. And it does seem like that this is this kind of thing. It's like there's some kind of, uh, you know, just some violence, you know, for the, you know, control of people's minds. I don't know. But that. But when I see this yeah. Bruce Jenner story, that's the first thing I think. I, yeah. Yeah. This is definitely an attack. That's for def- that's definitely an attack on the male and on the family and on, and on individuals in general. That's definitely like, like you're right. Like I think that them showing that on television like you should like recognize that as a weapon and like turn it off you know what i'm saying um that's like uh robert robert saying in the robert saying in the chat like what uh, why if if, yeah go ahead i think there's a delay or something that's why we keep getting tripped up but go ahead no no you go ahead no you no, you go ahead, Chris. See what you're gonna the, say about uh, Robert. I, f- I was trying to. T- oh yeah, uh, 
he he said that uh, well, if men and women are equal, like why bother changing, going tranny? It's a lot of a lot of expense for no reason Good because point. men and women are uh, exactly identically equal, right? That's another part of the propaganda. Yeah, there's an, there was a book written in the 60s um, by a gay author, a very famous guy. His name was Gore Vidal. Okay, yeah, Gore Vidal. Yeah. Okay. Gore Vidal allegedly uh, visited Tim McVeigh and got the whole real scoop on it. Um, but Gore Vidal, um, he wrote a book in, the, in 1969 called Myra Breckenridge. Okay, and yeah. this was the first exposure to transsexuals that anybody had, right? And it kind of brought it out into the mainstream because uh, he wrote a book. He wrote this book. It's his book, Myra Breckenridge. Um, they made it into a movie later with Raquel Welch. Um, but uh, it's about this guy who has who has a sex change into a woman. And then he decides that it's his goal to go to Hollywood to destroy the image of the American male. Okay. Ah. And um, there's all sorts of symbolism in the book and everything. It's pretty ridiculous. But they interviewed Gore Vidal one time and they asked him about, like, you know, well, what what's Myra Breckenridge really about? And he said, he said. Well, the one the one thing that get, that people miss in the book is if you're gay and you like and you're a man and you like men, you should remain a man. Like you shouldn't have to change yourself into a woman just to, you know, just to, you know there wouldn't there shouldn't be a reason to do that. Like he was saying, he was actually kind of talking about the absurdity of it, even though he's a gay guy, right? Gordy Vidal. He was saying like, like, I guess yeah, he was, he, yeah, he was. And so he was saying, you know, uh, yeah, you're gay and you're a man and you like men and that's it. You know, it's, you don't have to become a woman just to do something. This whole idea of people being trapped in someone's body and all that stuff is kind of nonsense because in the character in the book, in the end realizes that, you know, having the sex change was, was detrimental because he was just a man trapped inside of a woman's body once he had the sex change. Right. Right. And so, uh, but, but all of this is done really on purpose. It's all brought out into the culture. Um, and people now have a template to kind of go off of like, Oh, maybe I do, Maybe I should get a sex change. You know, maybe that is a good idea. Um, the the problem is a lot of the times, and there, there was a movie like a number of years back. It was called a uh, trans trans nation or something like that. I can't remember uh-huh. what what it was called. Hello. But um hello. Yeah, you're cutting out, I think, John. Yeah, you're cutting out. Okay, I can't anyways, hear you it was saying, um can you hear me? 
Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Anyways, it it, it was it was a movie about a lead, a man who has a sex change into a woman, and he has mental problems. And I was watching this movie, and I knew it was just you know pushing the whole transsexual thing, but um, I don't think that that's one thing that was totally ignored about the movie. I'm all this person has severe mental problems the whole movie. Like, how come that's not getting pointed out? That that this guy is a total basket case, and that's why he did what he did, you know? And uh, I'm, I'm sure this is, you know, for, for some people who haven't listened to these call, calls before, this is kind of a touchy subject, but... Uh-huh. Oh, there's the closing music. And I think that's the music. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. getting up uh, the download limit. So, yeah, thanks everybody. Okay. Good call. And, uh, okay, have a good night. Yeah, y'all have a good night. Thanks, John. Uh, Theo's. Uh, Talk to you later. Yeah, take care, man. Uh, too bad you get talk longer. I know you want to finish your thought, but I'm getting up against the uh, file size issue, and I want to be able to upload the better recording. So that's I, I have to keep it at a limit. I'm not I'm not cutting anybody off. So just keep that in mind. It's a technical issue here. I'm, well, you said three hours, and three hours is plenty. So yeah, it's good enough. I mean, you know, it's a uh, it's you know. 100 megabyte limit so it's like we're at 100 megabyte now and i'm probably gonna end up if i keep blabbering talk over it but yeah thanks everybody check out hoaxbusterscall.com and uh hopefully we'll do it again monday and um appreciate everybody that came out and uh yeah the 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 chat is the the chat rooms on hoaxbusterscall.com check that out um, the links to the articles and stuff is there uh, there's some other links to some other interesting sites some stuff so be sure to check that out at hoaxbusterscall.com uh, hey everybody have a good night okay good night Take care. thanks man Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.